Welcome to the IFNZ Podcast, home of Sinead O'Connor's Missing Hair. You like what you hear? Check us out on our website, ifnzpodcast.com. As well as our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ifnzpodcast. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review for the show. It really helps us out. And as always, enjoy the show again. I, I don't know. When it's a nice day, maybe it's summer, maybe a holiday, maybe fourth of July, maybe those rings will be just came out and your love will let them if you feel it, you see, let's take a moment and listen to the IFT podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 96 of the IFNZ podcast. We're getting closer and closer, Shad Schubert. Mm hmm. Get them zeros. We are, uh. Like we are back together again uh, for the second week in a row. Yeah. Um, Man, it feels nice. It does feel nice. Uh, you like the Dodd? I like that. It looks. Is it different? It is no different. I've polished it, and <laughs> there's a new is. monitor. There's that's that's it. it. The there is. It's a nice. Uh, what do you call that? A nice uh, add-on. Nice feature. The polish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thing. I like I'm glad. It. I did I'm glad it. you like it. Hey, um, speaking of things that you like, mm-hmm. you and like, adding on things, even yeah. you like Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Have you ever wanted? To turn into Spider-Man. Every day of my life. Have you ever took it a step further and been like, hmm, I need to find me a spider and let it bite me and see if I can get powers? Mm-mm. Well, let me tell you about three strapping young lads who uh, found a Black Widow spider oh. and uh, decided to let it uh, bite them to try to get superpowers. Uh, so, you said there are three strapping young lads? Was Devin Townsend there with him? Uh, he was. He was cool. one of the three. No, um, so let's see. We've got this article is uh, coming from comicbook.com. This is uh, Jamie Jarek. I think I'm saying uh, their name correctly. Uh, is reporting that three brothers, ranging ranging from eight to twelve, <laughs> raging, raging eight brothers, eight brothers now, three brothers. They're multiplying just like spiders. Um, three brothers uh, between the ages of eight and twelve found a spider uh, that they were looking after. They were looking after sheep in Bolivia. This is. Uh, you know how them Bolivians get a little crazy. Yeah, wow. They like to get crunk. Yeah. I, I believe in you about that. <laughs> I, I, that didn't work at all. I don't believe you that I know anything really about Bolivian people. Um, so uh, apparently, though, uh, their mother was collecting wood. You know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when they happened upon a spider and provoked the, uh, the black widow spider uh, to bite them so that they could... Um, try to get them uh, them Spider-Man powers, and it, it doesn't. You know, I don't. I just don't think that this is a good idea. I don't see it going well. For no, them. not at all. Did let's, they? Are they okay though? Let's see what happened to them. The children soon started to exhibit symptoms from such a spider bite, uh, <laughs> which can include severe muscle pain, abdominal cramps, increased heart rate, and muscle spasms. That's a lot of bad things. The boys were taken to a health center and given medicine, but their condition did not improve. So they've needed. So they needed to be taken to the hospital in um, a word that has four L's, three A's, a G, and a U in it. What? Um, yeah, this word is uh, La Lagua. I don't even see or where you're at. It's that word right there. And uh, or if it's Spanish, maybe based, it would be Yayagua because the double L's Yayagua. are wise. Yayagua. Maybe. Um, I'm gonna I, say Yayagua. I, I think that's probably more accurate. I love it. Yayagua. 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 Um, but they <laughs> continued to get worse and were transferred to the I children's hospital. Devin Townsend was there. 
Children's Hospital in the Bolivian capital of La Paz. Mm. Um, so or La Paz. Is it two L's? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Um, they uh, were taken to the hospital, uh, given a serum. Um, I don't know what that serum included. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't more spider venom. Uh, but they did uh, start to improve. They're dying. Make it faster. It took them five days to get better after Jesus this. Jesus Christ. All because they were trying to see... Uh, they were really trying to uh, just fulfill their dream of being Spider-Man. So, kids, if you're listening... Um, and adults, and you know, you do, you do dumb stuff too sometimes. Uh, don't try to get bitten by a spider. It's not a good idea. No, it's not. I was looking. Yeah, you you kind of said a few of them, but I was just looking up some other symptoms yeah. of the black widow it's spider bite. One of them? Uh, yeah, eventually it would be. So Jeez. black widow spider makes the venom that attacks your nervous system. <laughs> so people are slightly affected by it, uh, but others may have a severe response. Uh, right away, you'll feel feel severe pain, burning, swelling, and redness at the site. You'll notice potentially two fang marks, um, often associated with it muscles that begin to hurt and become stiff usually within eight hours uh nausea vomiting difficulty breathing severe abdominal pain or cramping excessive sweating uh rash itchiness swollen eyelids weakness uh or tremors it's like it's like these kids wanted to visit the backstreet boys reunion tour (laughs) yeah it's like they they did it to themselves it's not yeah not good (laughs) Uh, and oh, important! If you suspect a child was bitten by one, get them to the emergency right right away because these bites could be fatal to young children. Yikes. So, even worse for them, for Yikes. sure. Um, yeah, and evidently in Bolivia, they don't have major hospitals super close to each other, mm-hmm. especially when you live in Yayagua. I love it. Um, so you never know. Um, how how's the world been? You got some uh, you got some news for us? Uh, we got some things to talk about. Some. Uh, oh, just a, a little taste of food news. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, food news, we've got in front of us right now. So, do we call it like food news? Like, it's not like, it's not like food news. No, it's, it's a little quieter. How the, how the, go ahead, you do this one for us, though. It's like food news. There you go. So, I'll talk about the other one first, I guess. Okay. Uh, I went out to my local Walmart with masks and gloves on. Okay. Um, multiple masks. I was masked up. Yeah. And I mean, that's the best way to. I had a balaclava it. on. <laughs> uh, that's uh, the balaclava, that Russian mask that's like only eye holes out. And um, I, had, uh, I had my gloves on and I went and I was like, I need snacks. So. I got the uh, birthday cake flavored Kit Kats. Yeah. Very, very tasty. Very, uh, very delicious. Uh, Spot I, on with the flavor match? or It is, and it worked really well with the wafer. I was kind of a little skeptical of how that would work. It almost kind of came across like, um, do you know the vanilla wafer bites that you can buy? Like, they either come in like the little squares like, or like the... You can get vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate together. Yeah, sometimes. it, it yeah. kind of almost reminded me of the vanilla because the vanilla in the birthday cake flavor was a little, like, was pretty heavy and oh. prevalent. Okay. But, I mean, imagine that kind of a flavor, but mixed in with, like, a little bit more of that birthday cake flavor nice. that you kind of okay. So, it's kind of like that. It's, it's very it. good. It had a decent it. flavor profile. Um, the other thing I got was uh, we talked about the jumbo snacks of the cereal mm-hmm. bites that they had. Um, they had all of them available there, but I went ahead and picked up the old Tiger Paws. The old Tiger Paws. The, uh, the classic Tiger Paw. Yes. Uh, which is... 
flavored after Frosted Flakes. Yes. Um, we got Tony the Tiger right there on the bag. And uh, for those playing at home, we have a bag right in front of us. So Ooh, Shad what? can do a live food news review for yeah. you right now. I'm into it. I've had it. Um, I, I really enjoy the flavor profile of it. They remind me of like a honeycomb. They do have like, that kind of a consistency the, to it, yeah. The look of it. But, but the flavor-wise, it, it I, I love the smell of it, too. It's like mm. extremely fragrant version of a Frosted Flake. Mm-hmm. How you it's liking it? It's obviously a different texture yes. than the Frosted Flake because it's like a puff Yeah. instead. Um, I do like the flavor. I've always been a fan of the Frosted of the Flake. Mm-hmm. And how that goes. So, and yeah. they did a good job because they have the frosted coating on the outside yeah. of it mixed with the puff and stuff. It tastes like something I've had before, but just can't put a, a tongue on it. You can't. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Betty's a big fan. Uh, she likes these a lot as well. It really reminds me of like when like uh, small children have like the little snacks that are kind of easy for them to grab with their hands and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like It reminds me of that like mm-hmm. kind of situation going yeah, on. Yeah, but there. worse for them. But it, it, it's what? It, I said, but probably worse for them. Because like most to hold. No, I'm talking as in like calorie wise oh, and, yeah, and snack wise. Just in those general. have like they sneak in like carrots and stuff. And they're yeah, like, they're just like it's it's slightly buds. sweet, but it also tastes a little like garbage. But your kid won't know the difference. <laughs> no, they haven't developed taste buds really yet. Uh, what about nice, you? Do you have like food it. news? I like it. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a little bit of food news. Um, just you know, it is Pride Month, so happy Pride, everyone who, who all celebrates and, and participates. Everybody. Um, I hope so. I hope so, absolutely. Uh, but Skittles, uh, our friends over at Skittles, Taste the Rainbow, if you know what I mean, uh, they uh, they are, for, for the month of June, they are putting out a colorless bag of Skittles to essentially just, the rainbow is in our hands, so they don't need the rainbow. They're giving the rainbow away. Uh, and, that, and I thought that's pretty cool, the, uh, the colorless um, Skittles. I'm going to find some. And get some one of these days. It's like almost the same packaging, um, just it is the, even like as the like as the zombie, the, the zombie skittles, but it's just like no color to it those whatsoever. Are dangerous. Uh, but uh, the zombie skittles are gross. Do you think they taste? Did we eat those? No, you ate those. Yeah. Well, no, you, you brought them. You brought them. You, yeah, we ate them. They nasty. They were nasty. Uh, but yeah, so skittles. Yeah, they got. It's just a. It looks kind of like a white bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Almost like a gray, grayish bag yeah. with white skittles, and then I think the s on them is black okay it's just black and white and i wish that i knew um are the i guess the the flavors are there they're just mystery like yeah you're like every flavor is a mystery flavor but that's kind of cool yeah um which you know um which majigget airheads have been doing that forever they give you a colorless thing and they're like hey i don't know if it's new or not but they have airhead bites have you had those before i've seen them i'm not an airhead person i liked it a lot it's almost like the same like whenever you bite into it and you start getting it chewed up it has that similar consistency on the inside Mm -hmm. of of a a regular airhead wood but the outside is like a, a harder shell like a skittle so in other good news, we've got uh, some news about Pokemon Sword and Shield. The first mm-hmm. DLC is coming out uh, June 17th. Mm-hmm. So by the time this comes out, it'll just be a couple days away. So we're only a couple weeks away from it. Yeah. Um, I'm pumped for definitely it. Definitely excited for it. Been you, training. You've been training? Been training. I'm, I'm ready for it. I, uh, I When I say I'm training, like I... I Never finished the game. Uh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm. Were you still in the same area that I left no, you? No, <laughs> I got a little bit further. Um, actually, last night I just beat the uh, the ghost gym. Yeah, yeah. Is that like the fourth badge, fifth badge, somewhere around there? I don't remember it's it off the top of my on, head. Yeah, it's. it's I, I just finished that one. 
uh, last night, and I'm, I'm still obviously digging it, but I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get at least somewhat caught up mm-hmm. so that I can get into this region. I will tell you one thing as a just a little piece of friendly advice: it is a good idea throughout the remainder of the game once you get to that wood wooded area where you can get like fairy types and stuff mm-hmm. uh to definitely get a fairy type and keep it in your party to power up and stuff because really? it, it'll it'll help you out for sure I down think the that's road where i'm headed yeah um because i went up and we found i think you have a... shield right yes okay so your version you'll be able to get the rapid dash like oh, the ponyta rapid dash. i already have it yeah i okay. have it because they just gifted it to me this week actually like in the cool. mystery gifts or whatever you call it uh, the internet gifts, which they've been giving that shit away, like uh, mm-hmm. like every week you can go in there and like there's a new new gift of sorts. Yeah, and I haven't been playing it, so I, I've been skipping out on a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. and hopefully I'll still be able to get some of those mystery it gifts. Goes Maybe away. it doesn't. Like it's it's got a time on it. So okay. Like if you um, last week it was I don't even remember what it was, but this week I was I was pleasantly surprised to see it was my My Little Pony Ponyta nice. uh, version. I would recommend it, like I said, get, getting that putting it in my powered party. up and stuff because okay. I mean yours that that's a fairy and psychic type, so it'll be pretty good. Mm, okay, pretty strong hitter. But a fairy is something that has like dazzling gleam, like a really good mm-hmm. fairy type move that'll help you out a lot down the road with okay. like different uh, gems and stuff like that. So well, I, I always probably, recommend that. I'll remove my. Uh, I got one of them lizard uh salamander the black uh salamander that like has mm-hmm. fire yeah and whatnot I, i'll probably take him out because i don't really like him he keeps dying a lot um what started did you do uh the uh rabbit bunny. the rabbit score bunny. score bunny score bunny yeah yeah i've already got the the final, final. form yeah, yeah. On that. i got the final form like in Sorry, that early. first area it was real yeah. early when I, I did sobble whenever i started okay, yeah. but i really like the final one i forget what he is but he's like a sniper yeah i remember you yeah because he that. does like the the finger guns whenever he shoots mm-hmm. out the water the and stuff bullets. like that his big uh his big finisher whenever you do like the 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 mega version of him and stuff like that they have the new finishers that'll be coming out for some of the other ones whenever this dlc comes out and i saw the new finisher is that has like a giant tower that comes up oh yeah, yeah and he's like sniping on top of the tower like like I don't know, like like an assassin or something huh. like that. It's kind of weird, but it also seems pretty cool. Yeah, right on. I think they said that they that they designed that guy after like James Bond or something. Ah. Like that that's kind of the, the spy reason why because it's all like British stuff. Um, we there's a couple of uh, pre-orders for games that the uh, we're getting some special editions for. One is the Skywalker, the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh-huh. We're getting the, a still book they just announced. Uh, that is like a Lego Han Solo and Carbonite uh, steelbook. It looks pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, and uh, I, I'm digging that. I bet you I know what the next one is because I have a whole paragraph about it. Is it the Tony Hawk? <laughs> yeah. With the freaking uh, skateboard deck? I know. It's really good, though. Price for... <laughs> it is. I, is it a, it's, it's, a full, it's a full-size deck for yeah. 100 bucks. Yeah, and the game. Yeah. So essentially a $40... I imagine they're selling that. The deluxe and condition contents, it says you get the Ripper Skater from Powell Pereira, uh, or Peralta. Uh, unique retro 80 outfits for Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, and uh, Rodney Mullen. Okay. Uh, you also get re- unique retro content from a creative skater mode as well. 
you get a full-size limited edition birdhouse skateboard deck yeah. that's a reissue of the iconic falcon 2 design that tony hawk used back in the 90s nice um and the deck also features a printed tony hawk autograph on it as well randomized wood stains across the top so every deck is technically unique at that point oh. um and all this is only at 100 bucks for a full deck and stuff like that that's got a print on it and everything signed it's really a good deal because you get uh standard is forty dollars mm-hmm. i didn't realize it was going to be so cheap that's awesome yeah i'm excited for that um so everybody's going to buy that $40 there's no reason for tonight. a two and one mm-hmm. remaster that's amazing um and then so for sixty dollars you're getting a decent amount of dlc which whatever like mm-hmm. you, you could put whatever value on it but sixty dollars for a, a new deck like a, a signature deck Who's the other guy that did the California Pretty Death awesome. Drop that was on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Um, I can't think of his name right now. That I don't know. He's uh, He was like one of the... Sec- uh, Bob. Bob Bernquist. Mm, I remember that name. Yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, it'd be really cool to see him and play as him again because I feel like a lot of these other skaters that are on this one mm-hmm. don't get as much love as... Yeah, some of the ones that would come out in the like future iterations because that would have been like yeah because it would have been like like Bam isn't going to be in this because oh, I mean yeah. he's not wasn't a pro skater at this point in time you know so I mean like a lot of the newer generations Lee, kind of a thing uh, character did they I don't think so that would have been cool because like he, he was a pro skater yeah I, I don't think I don't think they did but that um, would be just for for fun because yeah. but I don't I don't know how much fan service that would really do for there would be a small portion of people that yeah. Are, Jason Lee fans that are also skateboard fans. That yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, whenever it was always playing Tony Hawk one or two, I would always either play in like a rotation of Tony Hawk, Bob Ernquist or Rodney Mullen. Cause I was always I a big you. Rodney Mullen fan too. Yeah. And I loved watching like that. Those games single handedly was what sparked me actually wanting to watch like Actual them X actually games. doing yeah. skateboarding and X games and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it's still always a fun time to watch, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of what sparked it. Faux show. <laughs> Um, let's see. We're getting a, uh, a Little Shop of Horrors reboot. Did you know this, that we were getting a Little Shop of Horrors movie? I heard about it, but I didn't think... I think that they talked about that, like, maybe even, like, a year ago as, like, a rumor. Probably, because this, uh, this came out, this little piece of news, which is, uh, just, uh, Greg Berlanti, who is going to be helming this project, directing on this, uh, evidently three, almost three years ago, he was tapped to do this. So it's mm-hmm. been circulating for a while. I just didn't remember us even running across it uh, but it looks like uh there's gonna like billy porter is gonna be part of this project which is awesome um and there he's starting to talk about what his audrey 2 is gonna look like and how that's gonna shape up and i i just thought that rick warner is is he gonna be in it no it looks like taron edgerton is is reportedly potentially is that character is playing uh seymour mm-hmm. yeah um feed me and then let's see Da, 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 da. Scarlett Johansson would potentially play Audrey. That'd be cool. Uh, we also got some news on um, a cover for the Horizon Zero Dawn issue one of the comic book. This appears to be a, uh, a prequel. or No, not a prequel. I'm stupid. A sequel of sorts uh, for the video game. I'm assuming it's uh, not the actual storyline of the Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or whatever they're going to call it that we are now aware of. But probably a gap bridger. It's a gap bridger, if you know what I mean by gap bridger. I love a good gap bridger. You like that gap? Uh, I don't know. We, we I think we kind of briefly talked about it. I think the concept of whatever the sequel will be, it might be Horizon 2 and then a different subtitle. Because, yeah. you know, Zero Dawn is correlated to that game specifically. So we might have a new iteration of whatever it will be. Yeah, I think I made up some dumb 
thing that was like another number and then another sun related thing horizon too fast too furious <laughs> too fast too furious uh that, are we gonna watch too fast too furious for something we talked about doing it for, uh, for the sequel the, the birth anniversary but yeah. we, you did the electric, electric uh, boogaloo, boogaloo breaking two breaking two That's electric right. boogaloo i remember now um but also kind of speaking off of the playstation 5 mm-hmm. things there was some lists of rumors that kind of kind of been uh, circulating yeah. uh from a european distributing retail chains that have in been trouble now no, you think they got their hands I, smacked? I, I don't think that they necessarily got their hands smacked, but they don't know who this Reddit user is that also Ooh. is from their that uh, Reddit, organization. That's, a, that's a, a bowels of hell black market kind of region that Reddit is. It can be, and it can all it can be a it can be a, a blessing and a curse. I love Reddit. You ask Tesdi. I'm sure that they they my, they're they're iffy about the the Reddit. It's my uh, it's it's my favorite place to go. Is it? Yeah. What do you do on there? Nothing. Nothing. I'd rarely visit it, but like if I'm looking for porn, some information. If I'm looking for some porn, mm-hmm. they got a nice section. They do. Um, it's right there on the top. There's like um, trending topics mm-hmm. and uh, porn news and porn. It's like right there on the header. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, the I, I find that there's a lot of good forums for questions. Like when I'm trying to find answers on like recording software and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, like things like why does your software keep crashing when you're trying or to if you're things? looking for a specific porn or a specific scene from porn that you were like oh I want to live relive this from my childhood that was a good spank yeah you, there's a subreddit called tip of my penis okay uh, that you can ask like uh, that general question somebody will find it for you oh wow it's like an encyclopedia there's Britannica. literally there you ask me about porn <laughs> there's there's literally a subreddit for everything yeah go ahead AMAP uh what was that hey, ask me ask me anything porn ask me any porn yeah uh, there's, there's probably uh, there's a porn have, subreddit for anything i'm i'm pretty well versed on porn i don't know if i have any questions about it you have a fetish that you're a fan of more so than anything um i, I don't see them as fetishes i see them all as equal equal th- i'm joking um, <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't i don't really know what a fetish is uh for me, I don't really think about like th- things as fetishes. I like homemade stuff. Yeah, is that a fetish? That is. is. That a, I'm not necessarily. A it's, I think it's more of just like I really enjoy watching this more than something that's heavily produced. Yeah, I they have a subreddit it. for you called homemade r slash homemade xxx. <laughs> um, <laughs> Next question. Uh, <laughs> anyway, from there, uh, <laughs> got some rumors of the PlayStation Five. <laughs> Um, rumor is that it's going to cost roughly, they have it estimated at 400 euros, which is translated to $500 De Niro's. Um, Robert De Niro's. 400, 500 Robert De Niro's. DualShock uh, 5, uh, which we know is now not titled the DualShock 5. I'm so it has glad its it's own not only in white. But yes. Uh, white, black, red, and blue at launch, roughly around $65. Those white ones look like the, like a, the, it's the shuttle for the I'm, SpaceX I'm cool, controller. I'm cool with it being like black. And if it has the blue trim around like yeah. the touchpad or mm-hmm. whatever that is up there and everything, that's totally fine. But I'm, I'm I, I'd rather have the black if I if I could pick that. Um, games are supposedly suggested a retail price of roughly anywhere between like eighty to ninety dollars, which is that's a lot icky. Um, so we've got a list of some PS4 exclusive titles like God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, which you know kind of made me think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel Spider-Man, 
and Uncharted 4 that will get released under, uh, re-released under what they're calling quote-unquote PlayStation 5 Legacy Hits. Um, they'll get reprinted the on UHD uh, Blu-ray discs, so if they did not perform in 4K, they will perform in 4K on this for roughly around $40, uh, and they will be kind of like PlayStation-only versions. Uh, it'll have uh, game fixes uh, as far as like patching out mm. stuff that might have had bugs in it so or anything like that. And they'll kind of like patchwork and fix up work. some other things That's to to finalize the the game like it'll be the quote-unquote definitive edition mm-hmm. of those um so we do know that playstation 5 will be backwards compatible out of the box which we've been talking about quite a while now uh-huh. um, no day one patches or software needed to do this it will be on board on the software that already exists meaning that we will be able to uh play playstation 1 2 3 4 and ps uh vr titles as well all on the ps5 um another thing that's not listed here we do know that there is a new iteration of the psvr what they're kind of codenaming psvr2 um just optimized for a better experience for this console um and they'll have some new i'm sure like polished versions of it that'll perform a little bit better yeah um, 5K or uh, 4K Blu-ray will be allowed on this, so 4K Blu-ray discs will be player, able to go to 4K the, player immediately yes. right out of the box. Nice, which is good. They needed that for a while now. Um, retailers are expected to open the first wave of pre-orders in early March. Uh, as we can tell, this is like an older thing that did not happen. We still got pushed back. And uh, is this? Would you say then? Because they've they've since said that we're not getting the backwards compatibility through. Has that been official? No. Or is that also a rumor that it wasn't going to be? So we're just swimming in a bunch of kind of rumors one yeah. way or another. Mm-hmm. This one potentially being a little more official than, than I think others. it's this one that has a little bit more credence because connection. not only have, has this been the first time that I've seen this list price, of things from yeah. this, I've seen it from other sources as well, not nice. just this. this cool. Like other U.S. retailers as apart from just European retailers stating similar things. So okay. it seems like it's a little bit more credible. Not everybody's kind of copying and pasting. Yeah. Um, some people have different things than what this list actually shows. Okay. Um, backwards compatibility is like my like prime thing like if they can pull that off if that's coming out then it's like yeah i'll buy that if not it's like eh, i'll wait we know uh, quite a bit of some games that they have showcased that will be coming out um but also here listed they have a new uh crash game they say will be coming out for it that will uh will we might get to see some gameplay of uh whenever they do their presentation um horizon zero dawn sequel uh a new spider-man swinging uh, in new york Swinging in New York, sw- them swinging couples in New York. Him <laughs> and Mary Jane are gonna go, uh, go in them swinging clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last like of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm we know is a PS4 official game, so I'm assuming these will also be HD remasters or there versions of it as well. Something said, I think recently in the news, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on it, but something along the lines where maybe the like CEO of PlayStation or whatever had said that after a certain time maybe like any games that are released after july or something like that will be playstation 5 compatible games immediately like there's going to be a four that i could see that happening i would say more or less it would probably be like maybe a june window especially since we're seeing last of us here and we know that as of this coming out last of us comes out this week that's right so that'll be the 19th i believe is june they will all be games that you can absolutely get Mm -hmm. on playstation 5 probably day one as well says third person action viking game that might be since this is an old 
older force Witcher, that could be no, potentially no. that uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh yeah, that's right. um, since that kind of matches up with that, it's a space Japanese action game. That's their that's their outer space Final Fantasy. It's like Star Wars yeah, Final Fantasy. That's what you're you were thinking about. That's what I'm making it up. Um, yeah. That's fine by me. I, I'm I'm all on board for a Final Fantasy game that allows me to have a lightsaber. <laughs> just like some weird avant-garde fight, like Keyblade-esque lightsaber. <laughs> Um, and a yeah. 3D platformer with robots, which uh, also, again, not... <laughs> could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> There's a whole slew of other rumors on here, as well as batches of uh, PS2, 3, and 4 footage that they say will be uh, games that will be available at launch to, to digitally download okay. as well, including Metal Gear Solid, Tekken 3, um, Ape Escape 3, uh, along with a list of others and stuff. But like I said, some of them are... are there's a more than enough of this that kind of lends me to think that this is pretty credible. I think think that $500 was what I was kind of I'm eyeballing you. thinking yeah. for both consoles this and the Xbox Series X anyways the games price wise price I could makes say, sense like I mean cuz what well, you're paying 65 already for a, Yeah you're paying like 60 already for a, for a console yeah yes yeah. yeah, so I that that's totally within reason the game pricing I I that's I honestly see part being exactly the same we've been roughly around 60 bucks for a long time now for most of our titles and if they're going to try and bump it up that much at least give me digital copies that are roughly around the same price of what we pay now if it's physical copies like we kind of discussed before mm -hmm. where if they're really having to print multiple discs or all everything is on a uhd disc then obviously they're going to need to spend maybe a little bit more money yeah. to do so I'll just download all the shit digitally. That would be, if they did that, that would really probably be the first time that we would see somebody do a different price point for digital versus physical media for the MSRP, at least. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about comic books have been uh, have been consistently, their digital comics are the same price as their physical, even though we clearly know it's cheaper. Um, music, same way. Movies are the same way. Um so it would be interesting, knowing that we are going into more and more and more and more and more and more of the digital age, will we ever see the price break for the digital-only uh, consumer? I don't know. Because uh, I sure would appreciate that, because I generally am a digital only consumer uh, yeah well. and, and i am now too for more for the most part if it's a game that's something that's like really epic and yeah. i really want to get a physical copy of it more often than not i'm spending the extra money i'm getting a special edition of some variety yeah. anyways exactly same thing like whenever i got breath of the wild i got that like hundred exactly. dollar edition was in the big box mm -hmm. and stuff like that i'm wanting something for it's for it's physical, at yes that point and, and that's that's how i kind of view it at yeah. this point if it's going to be a physical version of a game that's coming out like a god of war 2 mm -hmm. sequel that or whatever they're going to end up calling it. It'd be silly to call it God of War 2, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah, we already have a God of War, a God of War, a God of War 2, God of War 2. Um, maybe a, maybe they'll just do a sub a subtitle. Yeah. Is that what you call it, a subtitle? Yeah, like a, like a little subtitle yeah. for it. Like God of War... Vengeance of Loki. Yeah, something like that. But then, like, you know, if it's something like that, yeah, I'll spend 150 bucks because it comes with a statue of Atreus yeah. And, yeah. And, and Kratos together with yeah. some new weapons or something mm -hmm. like that because that would be awesome. But, Absolutely. you know, that's, that's kind of how I've been doing that for a yeah. long time anyways. But, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we'll get that kind of a price break a little bit. Yeah. I think if that's the case and they are able to get away with doing something like that, where digital media will be roughly around 60 buck, bucks mm -hmm. like we normally spend, and then we have a physical copy that has to be 80 or 90, yeah. then maybe we'll start seeing that with uh, physical copies of like Blu-ray discs or yeah. UHD discs anyways. Mm -hmm. Like something will be 
$30, $40 for something that comes out because it's in like a collector's tin or something like yeah. that. But the digital version you can buy for 20 online. Well, think, I mean, DVD was always kind of weird. Like the way DVD phased out and it's still being phased out, it's still the cheaper medium in it all. But VHS, if you remember when VHS was kind of going out, the price of a VHS, if you wanted to buy it, was more than a DVD, if I remember right, or at least it raised up closer to the DVD's price. Yeah. Like it was, you could have always bought a VHS for 10 bucks, but. When the DVD came out and it was twenty five, then the VHS became twenty dollars. Yeah, and it, it kind of gotten until it got to the point to where it was phasing out, and then you'd be like, "Oh, you can get a VHS copy, but it's ten dollars." But we know that everybody has a DVD player, and you're going to want that have that that yeah. that crisp four eighty p. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's real interesting, and you got to think, especially a an industry like uh, comic books is really going to be. That's going to be an interesting place for that to take a turn on if it ever does, because um, it's a it's kind of a, a very um, what's the word sensitive market as it mm-hmm. is. Um, but I like the way like DC's doing it right now, where it's like I'm going to give you uh, uh, two or three, four stories or whatever, and you can buy them weekly for ninety nine cents, or you can get the monthly copy of it physical for four bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't get a you get a benefit that you get to read it more frequently. Not that you get to get a, it's not really a price discount. Maybe a couple cents. You know, you're paying four. You're paying three ninety seven instead of right. three ninety nine for the book or whatever. Really, not anything major on that side. Um. So we also got a couple other things. Uh, there is a. We got the the what's the game? What's the um? Uh, not the game. I'm stupid. Play the game. So stupid. Play the game. Uh, no, we uh, the Space Force TV show's out. Yeah, it's out. It's launched. Uh, we hadn't really. We talked about the trailer when it came out, uh, but the the show's out. I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it cool. yet. I've talked to uh, <laughs> I've talked to a couple of people that have watched it, mm-hmm. and they say it's pretty good. Nice. They said it's a very good sum up of what you would come to expect of a parody of basically what is real life i mean yeah. we have a space force now this yeah. is this is really a thing that mm-hmm. you know trump has come up with so they said it's kind of just a big lark and a big goof at that whole thing being realized as, okay. as truth and uh they said they did a really good job with it nice well cool i'm, I'm excited to dive into that i think that'll be a mm-hmm. pretty cool thing me too uh sega has announced a mini handheld model after its game gear system Ooh, have you seen this at I all have not. no uh, so they this. have a game gear micro very very tiny and whenever i say tiny it's like i'm not even exaggerating i think it's like 88 millimeters is oh, what they said like it, it fits it's like Tamagotchi? yeah it, it's like fits in the palm of your fucking hand like the screen is minuscule on this thing um so it's very tiny, uh, even it's portable uh, stand by, by portable standard systems. It says uh, it'll launch this fall in Japan. Uh, it's actually going to launch in four color variants. Uh, each one will cost roughly around forty-five dollars U.S. Um, the game lineup uh, and color variants uh, are listed below. That was there's a black, a purple, a green, and I believe an orange as well Mm -hmm. um the game lineup is classic game year games so you'll have sonics uh one two and three i think sonic and knuckles is on it as well um i'm trying to think of a vector man's on it so a bunch of other sega classics that are Mm -hmm. on there i think it's i think like roughly like 30 games that are packed onto this thing nice um 
there's no in Japan. It's going to be re- launching on uh, October sixth. That marks the thirtieth anniversary of the actual Game Gear console. Um, but there's no definitive if it's coming to the state side yet. Hmm. Um, so people might have to import this from Japan Empower. potentially. Um, but yeah, that's that. I just thought it was kind of neat. Yeah. Definitely look up pictures for this thing because it's crazy how small it is. Like I thought. Like the Game Boy Micro itself, whenever it launched, I thought that that was small. Mm-hmm. This is even smaller than that, and the screen is substantially smaller than it, and it's just nuts. Wow. I don't even see how you could be able to play on this thing. Like, it's, it's smaller than a fucking Joy-Con. Yeah. It's crazy. Huh. Um, Scott Derrickson, who did the... Uh what did he do? Oh, he did uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, I was, up here too. he was uh, going <laughs> to do the second Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently bowed out. Uh, we got Sam Raimi to do Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like Scott Derrickson is going to be taking on Labyrinth 2, the sequel. That's going to be the it's subtitled, the sequel. Yeah, on that. Um, subtitles, look at you. <laughs> um, no, not much else is known about this right now. It looks like they're just in kind of working everything out on it um my question to you though justin yeah is who's who's gonna play a goblin king if you could Uh, get a goblin king who's your goblin king i feel like they'll maybe they'll just do like a cgi like princess young princess leia version not young princess no you know i'm talking about like of bowie yeah no i don't like that you don't no not even if it had disney money to it to make it look real good no no, because there's like there's a, a different way. I think you could play it because Goblin King dies right at the end. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying like so. This this so, this is an actual sequel. Sequel? We're we gonna ha- yeah. we don't have to have a Goblin King. No, you don't. But I'm thinking like <laughs> I'm who thinking would play that, a villain? There has to be a king. Let's just say, or a, there has to be a someone in charge of the labyrinth. Someone who's over Charles. the labyrinth. Charles uh, in charge. And <laughs> and so let's just say it's is Ian it, McKellen. Is it the kid? Is Ian McKellen, the, the baby, like the baby, is the villain that has to take over. Yeah, it takes over the labyrinth. That's and what, then we have to get what's her face story. back to be Jennifer O'Connor. Get, get, if just Jennifer Connelly to be Connelly. to be, uh, to be mom that has to find her That's baby. Her brother, right? It was her sister. What is it, brother? Was it boy? It's a boy. I think it's a boy. Okay, has wrong. to find her brother to to bring him back. Maybe kind of a thing. Um, or maybe it's just completely thing. But somebody's moved in and taken on the role of the king. And if you've got to go for a, a kind of as long as they play with the balls uh, with their hands and do the weird hand ball thing they like do he dance, does, magic dance. Yeah, as long as we got that going on, then I'm fine. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that might be like another musician, maybe that could could fill the fill the void. Immediately, I go to meatloaf fruit. I don't go. I don't go meatloaf. I go, it's low hanging fruit, but I I could see a Johnny Depp. Doing yeah. the Goblin King, but that's yeah. easy. It is that's, easy. That's kind of easy. He is a musician, and that's dance magic dance, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, could do a, a different thing. I mean, as long as it's not like a Tim Burton esque version of Johnny Depp, and it's more of a like Pirates of the Caribbean version of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was trying to think of somebody who's like a, a wacky. I I think it would even be cool to see a a uh, a Goblin Queen instead of a Goblin King. Um, though I I was trying to think of somebody who was out there uh, on the female side. You know, is it like a... I'm, I'm going, once again, low-hanging fruit. Helena Bonham Carter would be <laughs> a really awesome Goblin Queen. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be somebody that's more outside of the box than what I'm thinking. Um, uh, Cat Williams as the <laughs> Goblin King. No. <laughs> He's wild. He's a lot no, there. No. None uh, of that. None of that noise. <laughs> um, God. I don't know. That's tough, dude. It is. It's, I'm just trying to think of people that... 
could be. I'm trying uh, like dark but eccentric, eccentric people. Is a good word. I was going to say flamboyant, sense. but eccentric is better. Ooh, what about Michael C. Hall? I don't know much about Michael C. Hall. Who played Dexter, and he was in like Six Feet Under and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, he Those also are two shows. I've another never thing seen. that kind of made brought me to that was uh, when they did that play about uh, Bowie's life, and it was like the for the Dark Star or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. he played Bowie in the play as well too. Uh, yeah, I not that he could just that. like sing like him or anything like too, because he tried to imitate yeah. that that voice and stuff, mm-hmm. and and apparently Bowie loved it. He thought it was a great uh, thing because he got to see two nights of it before he passed away. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, I, I just think as a character actor, he's really, really talented anyways, and he's really good at playing that like dark persona kind of a thing, and mm-hmm. I think he would play it off pretty well. Pauly Shore. The Weasel! Only if he does that, and he does the <laughs> do that thing, but he's got the ball on his hand there <laughs> while he's doing that. Uh, let's see. What's something I can tell you right now? What about Final Fantasy? We what? talked about Final Fantasy Are they before. going into space? Uh, not really. Okay. Do you remember Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles? Crystal Chronicles, yeah. Crystal Chronicles for GameCube. GameCube. Oh. But you could plug in your Game Boy to see that second screen. There was a Crystal Chronicles Advanced, and that was on Game Boy Advance. That's the one I'm thinking of. Never mind. Continue. Well, I loved this game a lot, and I, I really enjoyed the uh, the multiplayer aspect of a Final Fantasy game, and it was a action adventure more so than uh, like a turn based RPG. Mm. So more mm-hmm. of like a, a Zelda esque, and the way that it kind of plays off um, in general is more kind of like uh, like Four Sword Adventures was. Oh, how you have like the multiple links that you can play up and pair up together mm-hmm. and stuff, and they had that kind of concept too with the Game Boy as well, plugging into the GameCube. Uh, but we knew that the remastered version of it was going to be. Uh, hitting shelves sometime this year. We had no definitive date, and now we do. Um, it is August uh, 27th. That'll be PS4 and a Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice. Um, and it's going to have apparently a slew of new features added into it. I didn't actually get to see what the features were for it. Maybe I could look that up real quick or something, but um, it actually does have apparently a bunch of new stuff that they're trying to add into it. But I'm really excited. I think it's yeah. a, a, it's a, especially since uh, multiplayer on this can be local couch co-op for four player and also it can be uh, online as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hop on the old Switch and potentially play some Crystal Chronicles with people that I'm friends with on yeah. there. Heck yes! Um, we got a full series order for Ryan Murphy's American Horror Stories, yes, season one. They we talked about it previously. Mm-hmm. That they were kicking it around, pilot season and whatnot. Uh, full season order, uh, so that's good news. That's that usually tends to be a, a positive to get that kind of thing. So that's super exciting. And then in other TV news, we also have a Girl with a Dragon Tattoo TV series that's in the works. You like um, those a lot. I like those a lot. Um, I like the books. Um, the book I've only read the one. I'm not gonna tell you a bunch of, of stories about me reading a bunch of books I didn't. Uh, but I read the first one, really loved it. Watched the uh, the movie uh, with Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig in it. Loved that. That was really good. Um, and then I've watched the first, the girl with the dragon tattoo, uh, mm-hmm. the Swedish version of it as well. Yeah. That one um, actually has multiple. Does that have like two or three movies out of it? There's three the of series. them. They did the original three. three. Like the three. The only okay. three that uh, Stieg Larsson had. What's the who was that Hornet's Nest? Hornet's Nest and the girl who played with fire. That's the second one, right? Played with fire is the and second one. Hornet's Nest because that one came. I remember us talking about it. I think even on here, like oh, like it came out like two years ago mm. or something. At this point, I think. Um, and then they've got a movie that maybe the movie is what you're thinking of the of the rebooted ones. There's that's a, the one with Craig. Yeah. No. Right? No. 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 
Oh. There's, there's, so there's the oh my god, there's so much to this. Five <laughs> movies total. Uh, there's three original Swedish versions of the Millennium Trilogy. The Millennium uh, Falcon. Uh, and those are with actors that we would be familiar with. Then the Daniel Craig movie came out eight years ago, seven years ago, whatever mm-hmm. that was. That was the girl with the dragon tattoo, the remake of the Swedish version. Like right. they, they, so there's two of that. And then there's a, a fifth movie, which is actually the fourth book in the series mm-hmm. that was from the new author because the other one had uh, died. Okay. Uh, Stieg Larsson has died. Um, a while back. I don't and think I knew that. I don't remember what the name of that one is. Uh, it's a spider's web. The girl of the spider's web. Something okay. like that. Some along those lines. That one came out a couple of years ago. Okay. That would be the fourth That's book. probably is the one that I'm so talking about then. this TV series they're in development on is actually none of the five books that are out. But it's completely different? be a completely different story wow. continuing the storyline of Elizabeth Slander. Um, which I love the character. I think they could do a lot with her. She's a really kind of badass um, out there. So it might be cool. I don't think it's tied to anybody yet. It's just something in development by the studios. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Okay. So uh, I know we talked about it a little bit before and how it was just mostly kind of like a rumor yeah, or whatever like for it. Came it but... out, the debunked mm-hmm. and then not debunked again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess uh, Kingdom Hearts is going to be moving forward as a series on Disney Plus rather than any kind of a movie or anything yeah. like that. Um, it is going to be CG animated mm-hmm. as we kind of kind of talked about bantered back not, and forth not, and not in our uh, our dream world where it would be multi-mixed media no not in the, the dream place. world <laughs> um doesn't no no live action uh, uh, cast to appear and also uh disney voice actors are going to uh who appeared in the video game mm-hmm. are expected to reprise their roles yeah for this uh doesn't have anything from like the major character standpoint that's been announced that. thus far so i mean i'm not, not like sure if Haley we're getting Hala joel or mandy moore or any of those other yeah. people because it says that it's mandy also Moore's one of the voice characters she plays Aerith and uh for the final oh, fantasy characters on there yeah i gotcha um it's like we got like all of your like late 90s early 2000s like <laughs> yeah, yeah like they're all in there, there. <laughs> Uh, like Jesse McCartney and yeah, and this is where the same kind of goes for the Final Fantasy characters in general. We yeah. don't know if they're going to actually be making a return to format with it or not. That's, that's what I would like to see. I know that that's you know we don't they don't care what we would like to see necessarily, but we already know what Sora's doing. Let's what what are the our our Traverse Town slash Radiant Garden slash uh, Hollow Bastion folks doing? Like that would be really cool to kind of see. The aftermath, or the what else is going on? Make Leon our main character, and like him, like building up the resistance essentially, because he's kind of like the leader of the resistance, kind of right. Yeah, like that would be kind of cool to see, like that side of it. But he's, I think from the the standpoint of somebody that might be a new viewer, just picking up off of this on Disney mm-hmm. Plus, seeing what it might be, and getting a trailer for what we would end up with, uh, you know, from like Sora's perspective, and starting off in like the first game. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody might see what we would have, I guess, reimagined from like maybe Kingdom Hearts one cutscenes if they're going to follow that it closely book, with it. Maybe like the the novels that have come out, the light novels sure. are a more uh, a more streamlined storyline that actually has a, a beginning, middle, and end, and they go like the worlds in a certain order. And some of the worlds right. I think are even maybe excluded from the novels themselves. Um, if they Mo- don't really fit mostly what I meant with it was just I mean I think it would be kind of cool or not cool but I think it fits better for them to be able to be like hey 
Donald Duck and Goofy are with them constantly. Yeah. They, it's, it's a staple on Disney Plus because they're here. Yeah. You know, Mickey Mouse is a king. Don't make and, a Final and Fantasy kind of a character your main character. Yeah, kind of. yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he basically is a Final Fantasy character, essentially. True, I mean, yeah. Sora basically is. But I mean, like, I don't think like, if they were like, hey, it's Leon uh, Lionheart, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if they're just like that and everybody's just like, who the fuck is this guy and why do we care about him? Yeah. And he has no tide to any of these other people right away, you know, maybe eventually it got to that yeah. point, but if it was, you know, start off with Sora and then we immediately meet up with Goofy and Donald and they're looking for the key and stuff yeah. like that. Like we get from the first game and first novels, yeah. then I think it would be a little bit more you know easy to swallow in that sense. I, I guess see the, the, the big positive in that is that they could essentially rewrite history and tell us a, a consistent and well thought out story from beginning to middle to end. Mm-hmm. Like, you could get um, an actual like intent at the very beginning while you're on Destiny Islands. Maybe the we get to know more about the mm-hmm. person in the red cloak and right away, or the brown the red cloak, the brown cloak right away. And maybe the the stories kind of tell a, a more consistent thing from the beginning, and they get a chance to rewrite history a little bit with that. That'd be kind of cool. And then I pulled this up just so we could see again for sure, like all the voice actors from the original Kingdom Hayden Hearts. Pantier is the voice of Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. Billy Zane is Ansem. Yep. David Boreanaz is Squall. Leon Linerhart. Is that uh, Angel? Mm-hmm. Ah. That's him. Mandy Moore is Aerith. Uh, Steve Burton has done the voice for Cloud now for quite a while. Oh, um, and other things as well. Yep. Lance Bass is the voice for Sephiroth. <gasps> This is a bunch of pop, pop and Disney stars from the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Sean Astin is Hercules. Huh. Uh, like I said, it's just it's a stacked it's, cast, it's and stacked. I, most of these people too are other very well known voice actors. Whether they've been um, voice actors for. Um, Disney in general before or whether they are just voice actors in general for other games and whatnot too. Like Seth Adkins that did Pinocchio um, is, is a voice actor for games. And so Steve, Steve Burton's done other things as well too. Who's Who's Brian blessed. That name sounds really familiar. He did Clayton. Uh, Trying to think. Yeah. He's Gordon. Yeah. He's the prince. He's the the, last in episode one. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, and and Clayton Clayton. and Tarzan and Uh, and, and this as well, too. I see. Okay. Yeah, but you got like Pat Carroll reprising her role as Ursula. She's the original Ursula voice. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. A lot of these people that did the voice acting for them, like Jim Cummings, is is the original Winnie the Pooh voice, and he's still the Winnie the Pooh voice as well. Click on his his photo. He does a lot of Disney stuff. Okay. I was like, his face kind of looks it If it opens, I'll I'll show (laughs) you. We'll see what he looks like maybe after. Gilbert Godfrey, Iago. See? Like uh, everybody, it's like everybody came back. If generally, like for the TV show, you'll get like, it'll be like when you got a, the, uh, the cartoon versions of the movies on like Disney afternoon where it was like, you're not going to get, I guess they got Gilbert Gottfried to do the voice of Iago on the Aladdin TV show Mm -hmm. even, but like you didn't have the, the actual like Aladdin voice actor. You had a, a different Aladdin Yeah. in that. Um, what's he, what's his face look? Oh, he looks familiar. I mean, I've I've seen uh, videos of him like doing voice acting oh, okay. and stuff, but he's been Pooh for a very long time. He's one of the the two guards uh, in, or he's two of the guards in Aladdin. No, oh, I see. Uh, he's the big guy. Razul is the street rat oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's the big guy in that one, but been a very well nice. renowned. He's the voice for Pete on all of the the new stuff oh, too. Gotcha. 
Cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for this, whatever direction they take. It does make more sense, I will tell you. They originally were kind of like debunking this a little bit. I think part of it had to do with the way that Kevin Smith had said um, the reason they had cra- uh, kind of canceled Kingdom Keepers before that got big. That was going to be a live-action show mm-hmm. with all of the Disney characters and things like that interweaved within it. Um, this being a maybe a little bit more low-budget CGI um animated cartoon maybe would be more of the same as like when they had um the house of mouse or the house of villains cartoon like in the early 2000s and whatnot had all of the characters living together and it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't um counter counterintuitive to other shows because it was kind of established as hey this is just a kid's cartoon so maybe that's the reason they could get by with a kingdom hearts version better than a kingdom keepers version because kingdom keepers is gonna be like a, this live action big budget mm-hmm. mandalorian sized tv show with all of those characters in it whereas this is and gonna they've be like, got their hey, they've got their cg point. animation down to a t especially since like you look at like you know i watch disney jr almost yeah, every day absolutely. if not every other day they with, with her yeah they crank it out like it's nobody's business that's yeah. literally everything that they're doing on there and they have that animation style down to a t to mm-hmm. be able to push out so many different cartoons yeah. every week with new episodes of stuff too so i mean it's they've they've got it down and and I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't make it look like it might not. I mean, it'll probably just turn out just as pretty as kingdom hearts three graphics were yeah. as far as that CG animation goes. Yeah. I don't see any reason why it can't match that budget. I think that I don't want engine that was under, I would say maybe unreal. Well, even like the way they crank out the, uh, like the star Wars adventures, uh, YouTube series is like, that's got a pretty basic, like, I don't think they have to get super like flashy with this animation it would actually kind of be refreshing to see yeah, these characters. It would Unreal Engine 4, which is easy to manipulate and create things in. So yeah. if they even wanted to make it look just like Kingdom Hearts 3 with like reimagining like the Kingdom Hearts, Hearts 1 and those, yeah, the animation sequences mm-hmm. in that. But imagine that for like the storyline that we had yeah. with 1. You get like a full blown, blown remaster of that kind of a thing. That'd be kind of cool. I would almost want to see something a little bit more... Uh, dumbed down for lack of a better word like yeah it'd be cool to see it in a different art style yeah because we've already seen it in all of these different iterations show me like a a straight up like maybe not 2d animation but give me like i still think our concept that we talked about doing like the different forms of animation would be really cool i think for that idea Mm -hmm. just still kind of dream worlding it and Mm -hmm. stuff spitballing it the animation that they do for all of destiny island is almost like a weird stuttered stop motion of the uh, the artwork that's almost like hand drawn slash watercolor mm-hmm. that you would see from like the Ooh, opening sequences. Would be awesome, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like whenever it play when it, right at the, like the, yeah. the pause screen, mm-hmm. whenever you see like Sora like yes. with the stuff in his mouth exactly and stuff. That style of artwork where it's like almost hand drawn yes. slash painted with mm-hmm. watercolor like sketch almost. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be like anything that's on Destiny Island yeah. should be that that, that style. Cool. And then when you go to Traverse Town, maybe it looks pretty normal like mm-hmm. a like the regular standard cg you know yeah. kind of a thing or whatever but whenever you go to every world like we're going to nightmare of War christmas it's claymation yeah we're gonna go to uh i don't know i'm trying to think about the yeah. worlds but it's just like i don't know Agrabah. yeah it'd be like a straight up 2d animation mm-hmm. like drawn um yeah i i love it i would i realistically they could probably do it in the style of like um like the star wars resistance is that like digital 3d animation mm-hmm. um I think it's probably a lot easier to crank out and whatnot. Yeah, I like uh, that. 
but yeah, that would be awesome to do like this on like Destiny Island. Things of that sort would be mm-hmm. killer. That would be amazing. Is that the actual artwork from each of the games? Yeah. Did they do that from the beginning that way? Mm-hmm. I did not realize. That's from the pause screen for game one, two, mm-hmm. and three. That's yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Or do they go? Do they go route where they see like each of the keepers of heart like uh, in different like stories? Because I'm trying to think of like I think as much as Sora is a really cool character, they've got a lot more. They got a lot more diverse, and they got a lot more um, encouraging of. Uh, strong characters that come from different backgrounds and different genders and things like that later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've got like an Aqua. You've got um, the relationship between Axel and um, his boyfriend, essentially. Uh, his oh, um, fuck. I can't think of his name right off the top of my no. head. Enzo? No, no. Is it, it's not Enzo. No, it's not Enzo. Uh, What's his name? <laughs> I can't. Is it big? Is yeah, Syax. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's Syax. Uh, What's the name of the dude with the uh, Zigbar? Is what I was thinking. I was gonna say Zigbar. I was like, no, he's yeah. he's dude with the big scar who yes. we think might be mom. Yes, or he's, <laughs> if nothing else, he's definitely Lushu. Yeah, uh, uh, which was a, was underneath mom. Uh, <laughs> I definitely don't think they should start with that realm of things. Like, <laughs> no, no, we need to, we need to, we need to build up to the convoluted. <laughs> we, it's, it, we, it's, it can't, it has to be easy to swallow before we get a we little can't crazy. Start at the beginning. <laughs> no, <laughs> we need to start with Sora's story. Uh, but it would be cool to kind of veer off if they started with the beginning, make it very broad, and then we learn more about that yeah. beginning. As we go along, and yes. that way we kind of yeah. learn more truths as, as it kind of unfolds. Almost like you're just like in the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. Then we start with like the Keyblade Ward, and you yeah. kind of learn a little bit about the sides mm-hmm. of what happens with that. And then we kind of maybe slowly, just automatically, just transition to Destiny Island. Or do you? And then we learn more about like yeah. that stuff as we kind of go along gradually. Or do like, you start with the like? Do you start at one of my favorite parts? Is like when we get to the end of Dream Drop Distance. And then to the beginning of three, which is like they're all kind of hanging out, like um, like um, uh, what's his name, Yinsid's like uh, castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. It becomes like the hangout for like the entire like the, the keepers of heart, mm-hmm. like where they all chill. And some of them are training, and some of them are going on missions, and he's sending everybody everywhere. That would be a cool place to start. Yeah, and then you start telling people stories backwards from that. Um, if be, if that wasn't too complicated, but yeah. like then you could actually go like I got like even Aqua. start with like with the, the animation of like have it be uh uh what's his name? What's Yinsid's master's name? What was his name? Yinsid's uh, master. What's the Xehanort's opposite? What's his name? Ansem. Not Ansem. Uh, Zimnus. Nope. Xehanort's opposite. Look, the, the, they're playing chess in the beginning. They're the, oh, like the Ericus. Ericus, Master Ericus. Yes. That's who I was thinking. Of. Yes, yes, yes. Look, maybe it's Master Ericus who it's those two maybe even playing chess, that and then cool. it would start off like that, and then Ericus starts recounting about the Keyblade who War. Told from Ericus' standpoint, yeah. Get Mark Hamill back to mm-hmm. be, and he just like is the narrator of the entire. And then show. you get that from Soul. his standpoint, yes. and then you see, hear that, and then he starts talking about uh, there. Uh, about the one because he which knows would everybody be, at that point like yeah. ericus if you tell it from like a a post-mortem ericus like mm-hmm. ghost force ghost ericus is like 
telling the story. He knows everybody that's in yeah. play. So that's what I'm saying. Like, and he'd talk about the quote unquote, like the one and yes. it being Sora. And then we start learning about Sora and him on destiny Island and then kind of build up from there. And he but it'd be master Ericus. That's kind of guiding us through everything. Cause he's our, he's our good. He's our light. And, and you find out at the end of the season that he's all you see is him playing chess mm-hmm. and you don't show the other side. And he's playing chess with Ghost of Xehanort because he took him to the afterlife mm-hmm. or whatever with him at the end of three. So technically, the two of them could be just like old dudes playing chess mm-hmm. in a park. Um, and Ericus is telling stories to Xehanort. It'd just be like a all like the ghost form of them is like you know they're dead, but because they're older. But then also it's an all white room. Yes, like not in a location. Yes. It's just all white room. Just the guy sitting there telling the thing, and then maybe the only thing you see of Xehanort until the end of that Damn. season is just the hand moving. And you see like the heartless emblem or something yes. on his hand while he's like moving something. And you just hear maybe he grumbles every now yeah. and then about just something. He's just like, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> or something like that, interjecting back and forth with him a little bit. Yes. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. We wrote a better show. And we need already. more Mark Hamill. So like, <laughs> why not? I'm in. It's voice acting. He can do it. He'll he's, get paid good to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's perfect. Um, so we got a little bit of uh, DC news to, to wrap up our news section tonight. Uh, we got a couple of pieces. We got uh, the fact that we now have Henry Cavill uh, in, in Henry talks, Cavill in Henry Cavill, uh, the Witcher himself, uh, to uh, in contact in contact, not in contact, uh, in negotiations or in some sort of uh, discussions to reprise his role as Superman in multiple movies yeah uh multiple dc movies Um, i'm assuming this is almost like hey we've got wonder woman whatever the third one is maybe or something Mm -hmm. and then superman's there for 10 minutes or something like and then he's gone but at least he's there to be there at least for small bits somebody had explained like it would be it would be cool if he became the incredible hulk of the dc universe yeah uh where he just kind of pops up he's there as a supporting character never really gets a standalone movie anymore it's kind of like we're done with that um i understand that they're potentially talking about man of steel 2 uh, already with mm-hmm. him as well but but having him just as a supporting character since we seem to be having trouble getting a good solid superman movie yeah. uh i i've never been a henry cavill fan i think we've talked about it on the show but there's part of me that when i saw this i was like yes like why don't why are we letting the the bitching and complaining like rule the world of all of this like mm-hmm. to me it's like we're getting uh, what we'll talk about in a second Zack Snyder's Justice League coming back um, we resurgence the world of it all if we don't we might have a Batman problem but that's okay we can I mean it's not like we haven't had four different Batmans in the last twenty years anyways so like we can get a new Batman that's of the same age mm-hmm. uh, as we had a Ben Affleck it's not like it has to be him. We care more about the cow than we do the person in the cow, anyways. Generally, uh, let the Batman be kind of a prequel movie to that story, and that's fine uh, with with Robert Pattinson. But he doesn't need to play with these characters no. that we've established. And Part just, of me feels like that the, the WB and and the DC universe as it stands would almost want to try to do that to kind of cash in a little bit more. But I hope they really don't. I hope they do what you were saying. Like I hope that yeah. they actually like just cast somebody else, yeah. and it could be just the cow. Yeah. Like you, you would know underneath who it is and what he looks like, but he doesn't have to have segments where the mask is off and he's doing other things. It that's, could just be, I have the mask on. I am this guy. This is who I'm embodied as. And I'm not Bruce Wayne right now. I am only Batman. You don't yeah. need to see Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. 
maybe eventually we phase out the Trinity, the the Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and they don't need standalone movies at all in the first yeah. place. Like, absolutely, Wonder Woman seems like it's doing great. Let it do great. Uh, let the Batman be the Batman, but maybe our Batman, Superman, and eventually our Wonder Woman just become our core, like, mom and dad of the mm-hmm. team, and we get Aquaman movies, maybe not Aquaman movies, I don't know. Uh, we get Flash movies, we get uh, Cyborg movies, we get Blue Beetle movies, we get Martian Manhunter, I would love to see a Martian Manhunter movie. We get Hawkman, Hawkwoman, Hawkgirl, um, and get all of those movies around here, and we just got mom and dad, or, like, mom and dad's if you will, mm-hmm. um, are just kind of our st- our sturdy core, and they're there, and maybe you don't even see them all the time. They maybe they're giving orders to like the next person there, like behind the scenes, like, "Hey, go to this town. I need you to go there." But uh, but yeah, that would be cool. Um, what I was gonna like lean into it. If if Cavill was your Superman, quit making like the audience rule that world a little bit, like because I once I heard that Cavill was coming back I'm like cool that makes sense why did why did he leave in the first place right. like why did we get rid of that situation? if you could have somebody else that's underneath the cowl apart from Ben Affleck um, like reprising I know he's pretty much done yeah. but if he didn't take doesn't take off the mask or anything like that and he's literally just Batman Matt to Damon. beat Batman you want Matt Damon <laughs> just because <laughs> just because I just didn't know who who you thought might be a good no, just that's gonna, a good question it's like who can who's just chilling under the cowl if it's not really we don't They're only that's what I'm saying. They're only playing Batman at yeah. this point. So we just need somebody that can be a good Batman and then past that we just yeah. you know what I mean? We don't have to worry about him taking off the thing and being a semi thing. Chris Jericho? Yeah. Maybe. I mean I think he can he can you don't have to listen to his like, yeah, I'm Chris Jericho kind of voice like he's just gonna be like the the brooding Batman side of it and he's got a fucking jowl on him. Chris yeah, Jericho, he's like, got a good jaw. Like, and so, like, I think he could be, and he could be an exciting yeah. Batman. I would have to hear the voice, though. I want to, you would, know, that's, I that's think what he I'm could do gonna, like a little bit get more, a grovel, like, a get of a grovel. But you wouldn't want his normal like excited wrestling. I always wondered if, like, just for the simple fact of what it is, if he would ever be willing to do it again. If you could get your Christian Bale, that way he would know. Like, that's you don't have to take the mask off. Point. He could just be, I'm just Batman, yeah. and this is all I am. Yeah. Kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, maybe he could be, this Batman could be broken Batman. Maybe Alfred's dead, you mm-hmm. know, at this point in time or something already. Yeah. And this is broken Batman who has no family left other than, you know, Damien and whoever else that he's mm-hmm. trying to care for. But, you know, he's a little bit more damaged even. Is it time for Clooney to come back? Maybe. Now, do you think Clooney could Clooney could be damaged? Time for a eccentric sixty-year-old Val Kilmer to come back. He doesn't. He can't even. He would be the. He. I don't think he could talk much anymore. He like he suffered not a like that. And everything. Yeah. Like and, no. uh, and he doesn't have that voice. Um, yeah, that's a that's a, be an interesting concept to be like. Let's stop casting. But for since Bruce we already Wayne. got like we know, just hear me out on this. I'm hearing you. We already know this could be a little bit further in the future. Okay. So we already know that Superman already is going to look younger mm-hmm. than you know Bruce would if it was a little bit mm-hmm. further in the future, and then we know that Diana would look a little bit younger because of her you know being yeah, made of clay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what if we had our older Batman being Batman? Go into that and go into Get that, into and like we have like we could have like a Michael Keaton reprise as Batman. Back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be cool. <laughs> that, would be, that would be an interesting... I thought about that. That's where I went You could just say, like, this is, like, Batman circa 2035 or 2020 mm-hmm. or 2040, I meant. Yeah. And something like that, age it up a little bit and stuff. And that way everybody else is, like, already up to that age yeah. and whatnot because everybody else is almost 
a little bit timeless as far as their characters are, except for Batman. We know is like, he's human. I mean, he's just straight up human. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? Like I Hulk girl and, and uh, that just, or Hulk woman. uh, Yeah. They just don't know. Hulk girl and Hulk man, they, they come back like they, they die and then they come back again, like reincarnated generally. So they could be any age you wanted them to be at any point in time. They're really easy characters. I guess to write in that sense. And like cyborg would be the same. Yeah. I guess flash technically is another, human he's of but he, humany yeah, yeah that's something like but he's not really he doesn't just go on forever yeah he does run forever no, i thought that'd be kind of a cool i concept like that yeah you definitely go definitely go you could go older you don't have to pigeonhole like somebody in like their late mm-hmm. 40s early 50s make its way into that format of having like that batman be mm-hmm. that age and stuff and that could maybe lead way into yeah. uh batman beyond in that sense, you're and that way we to could have a Batman Beyond live I action. I like that Beyond. about you. Like, no matter what angle, you're like, can I find a way to Batman Beyond? <laughs> yeah, I want to see Terry in live action. I want to see him. I want to see him jetpacking around everywhere from his boots. I know that uh, <laughs> that we always try to rewrite things a little bit, but I would I would leave Terry McGinnis. I would same concept. Leave Terry McGinnis on the table. And that's how we get a, a, a black Batman is through a Batman Beyond situation. Yeah, I think would be like super easy. We always say that like not we we don't say it, but I've always kind yeah. of heard no go, problem with Terry being black. That would no, be easy. I think that would be like a yeah. super easy way for that to happen. Um, but like they, they, there's a lot of times I hear like, oh, Batman would be hard to a uh, Bruce Wayne would be kind of difficult to be. Uh, a black person just because it's a privileged white man kind of thing well, at the, least in that time setting. Yeah. But the thing of it would be I like beyond, perfect. you could start it off in this same sense of it's slightly futuristic anyways mm-hmm. because that's what we would need for that in the first place. You have your central mom and dad characters and stuff. Maybe Batman is in the cowl and in the suit mm-hmm. and everything and it's still him yeah. playing that character and stuff but maybe he gets broken. Maybe he's maybe he gets severely injured in a movie that it's in with some entanglement and he can't wear the cowl anymore he realizes i can't be batman anymore and that's how it steps into batman beyond maybe we get like a terry mcginnis that's like all of a sudden joining forces with the rest of the justice league in that sense or something in that way and i don't the the only my only source of that is mark bernardin has said that bruce wayne is a difficult one to be that it it would be a hard to make an african-american or black yeah bruce wayne that's my only source for that is Mark yeah. Bernard, but he's a pretty good source for storytelling and yeah. logic, which is cool because uh, <laughs> I mean that's what I'm saying. White privilege character Bruce Wayne doesn't have to be black, but Terry McGinnis sure as shit Terry can McGinnis be black. Can do whatever, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really easy. Like it said, and then you have that mentorship of him doing that. You have a really cool like white dad from privilege you know yeah. kind of playing with this that kid that's like would be i'm like i'm from the seedy side of gotham you know yeah. kind of a thing and i'm just trying to make it's it on my kind of own kind of a thing anyways yeah yeah that fits right into that narrative that would be cool i like that a lot um and then the other uh dc news is snyder cut snyder kit snyder cut um and potentially coming in at us episodically did you see that no oh could potentially be cut up into uh, a certain <laughs> amount of episodes this movie would be. put it onto like hbo max or something yeah it'll definitely it'll be an hbo max is what they're doing wow. with this. it's an hbo max original uh slated for 2021 they're giving Zack snyder a budget 
a pretty hefty budget if i if i remember right it's something crazy like 30 million or something like that to go in and do not reshoots with the cast evidently right now but you could do reshoots with extras you could do voice acting with the cast um and then just to build cgi obviously because i don't think they ever got to build the cgi dark side Mm -hmm. which would be in this film um so that's a lot of exciting that kind of gets thrown into that is really cool um and the fact that they're breaking it up potentially obviously into episodes and i think that's part of would be a great streaming service uh technique almost maybe like like, the snyder cut could potentially be like this is a four hour long one i think it was a three and a half hour long movie was his cut of it before he had said like this is however many minutes was his cut so yeah, by the time he gets done with it, four absolutely a four hour. So like movie. four episodes, break it up an hour a piece I think or something. Like well, that. this this uh, speculation, if you will, mm-hmm. was half hours. So you okay? So half hour chunks. And I, gotcha. I had read that Zach had said that he was looking for cut points for episodes to where it would make sense to break this up, like where it would be, so that he could do that. And six makes sense. Eight makes sense. Eight. Anything past four makes sense because. Mm-hmm you get somebody onto two subscription months. Yeah. Once you get past that four yeah. episodes, I said like an eight episode miniseries yeah. would be like a, a well-rounded a thing there and be a watchman type situation. Mm-hmm. You would really, I mean, if you're really going into serious drama though, it's hard to do that in a half hour. I think you even said that to my episodic ideas, like cool episodic works. That's an idea. It's great. But really when you're talking about drama, you're not doing a lot of half hour dramas, but if they do it and still kind of play suit into where it would be a, a two month subscription, kind of a guarantee wrap there that do what a lot of other shows are doing now where they'll be like, Hey, here's your first three episodes. And then you tune in every week for the additional episodes. Yeah. So that way you can get a good binge of your episodes and yeah. you get the hour and a half, like movie content mm-hmm. almost there to grab you. And then you're in it for those other half gotcha. hours to try and do it. So that'd be a good way to maybe rope people into yeah. an episode that way and i think that um i think we need to more of this more more breaking up things and even if it was three one hour monthly episodes mm-hmm. like i i think comic books have gotten it right for so long in that they tell a they string a story along over months at a time we i think we kid ourselves as uh, consumers that we can't handle a month wait for something like it's it would be easy for like if you got, and essentially if you got an, a mini movie once a month for the next three months, mm-hmm. like that would be kind of cool too. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'd be down with that. Like mm-hmm. if, if they delivered you the matrix in like an hour long chunks over the next year, you got like an hour episode, 12 episodes of it. Like I would do that over a year. Like, yeah. I don't know if people would, the subscription um, model doesn't really hold for monthly release. It really holds more for a weekly release for sure. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing, I like the, um, in a monthly kind of situation, I, I haven't consumed them, but I like the idea of the into the dark series on Hulu. Like mm-hmm. you get a, a different horror movie, part of this anthology series once a month, you get a, a new horror movie, but it's all part of yeah. this uh, Blumhouse's little, mm-hmm. little thing they got going on. So I think those are pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I was super excited. Not I was excited for the Justice League, whatever, because it's just more content out there. And sure, I was never part of the release, the Snyder Cut, because I didn't really 
No, you can really, really care one way or another. On. But yeah. now that it's coming and it's going to be exciting. in this kind of a, a format, it's definitely more yeah. exciting to me yeah. now, knowing that we're going to be able to kind of chunk it up and consume yeah. it that way. Talking about like the the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad and what that might do. There's evidently a potential for that. I guess that there's an even longer cut because if you bought the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad movie, there was an extended cut that came with mm-hmm. it, um, which I enjoy the extended cut better of that movie. Um, I didn't realize that that one was one that had a, a secondary director that came in and and did different things to that movie as well. Um, might explain why that one feels a little patchy. Yeah. Um, and then that gives me the thing. I was like, why did people do this? Why do studios do this? Like, why have a single? Well, like, why does up? more? Why does WB allow that to happen? Because yeah. it seems like it's almost every yeah. time. Uh, Star Wars has got me a little worried mm-hmm. about that for a little bit. Like they seem to be on that track when they had like Solo and then uh, Last Jedi were both kind of very kind of yeah. piecemealed ideas that kind of came about. Um, but I think they've course corrected a little bit on yeah, that. Yeah, for they seem sure. Very intent. They're very intentional in course correcting that. But I dig it. Want to get into some personals? Absolutely. Let's do it. What have you been gaming, so? I've got a few games to talk about. Um, Destiny 2 has uh, some new story content that's come out for it. We're almost to the end of the season as of recording now. There's uh, less than a week left. Um, whenever you log in this week on June 2nd, uh, there's a brief uh, a brief Underwear. FMV that kind of pops up and it's of Jupiter just kind of sitting in orbit. Uh, and then there's like the dark side of Jupiter and out of like the dark side of Jupiter, you see the beginning of the, uh, the darkness is like pyramid ships and you just see like one kind of edging out and you just hear, hear this like, and it cuts off. It was just kind of like a brief tease letting you know, like, Hey, as far as we knew, the darkness was still like galaxies away and they're like literally now like two planets away and it's getting fucking close kind of a thing. There's at least like a scout ship or something that, that close to it. Um, along with the, the news that, um, that on June 9th, which this will have already kind of come out since then Mm -hmm. that we're going to get uh, a full, uh, trailer and some more news about uh season 11 and then season 12 which will be our next big expansion that'll be coming out in fall um so season 11 will be coming out starting on the 9th of june um so we'll get some information basically two hours before it starts kind of like hey this is what the season's going to be all about and it's going to last for a few months nice and then that all kind of coming to a cusp of what our next big expansion is. We'll go into the price of the expansion. We'll know kind of what it entails. Um, there's been two teasers as of now that have come out from it. Um, one of which was, it shows, uh, the character Eris Morn, um, who is on a frozen planet that's close to Jupiter. Most people are saying this is Europa because it's kind of like an icy Mm -hmm. moon that surrounds uh, Jupiter. Um, And she's kind of walking towards something you don't really see, and she holds up her hand, and it kind of lights up. Um, And a lot of people are saying, like, uh, speculating, like, maybe she's going to die off because she doesn't have a ghost anymore. And uh, if you don't have a ghost... What happens if you don't have a ghost? If you don't have a ghost and you're a guardian and you die, you die for good at that point in time. There's no ghost to resurrect you anymore. Um, And then the teaser that just came out earlier today was uh, showing the Drifter, who hosts, like, the Gambit in the game. Um, He's getting inside of a ship and seen flying toward Europa as well. Um, So it seems like I think there's supposed to be, like, at least one more teaser 
teaser prior to this, there's going to be like at least two to three major characters that are going to be at play on this new area that we're going to be on um, for that fall expansion. And uh, just the story content kind of really picking up again really makes me excited, um, knowing that the dark the darkness is actually what we're kind of centrally focusing on, mm-hmm. more or less, um, now that the kind of the threat of everything as far as like the Cabal is finished and the Red War is done. Um, right now, if you log in, um, since it's coming closer toward the end of the season, you actually see uh, the ship of the Cabal called the Almighty is actually about to crash into Earth. Mm. Um, and... Uh, the AI Rasputin, which we've been doing this whole season, is kind of like arming him, gotcha. so that way he can shoot the ship out of the sky and save Earth, basically. Um, so you actually are seeing it every day. If you log in, you'll see the ship actually is getting gradually closer and closer, and it's oh, like shit. it's almost half the size of Earth. It's that wide. So that's the ship is absolutely massive and it's going to crash straight into the last city. So that's kind of where that's going. It's just picking up some more story beats. I'm really excited to see kind of where this is going now that I've been playing Destiny and Destiny 2 for seven years now and we're finally getting to like this is the big bad darkness is like where it's ending like this is this is what we've been waiting for we fought we fought the hive we fought the vex we fought all these other different Mm -hmm. races but the darkness is literally the polar opposite to the traveler which is light and that's what gives guardians their power and it's coming for the traveler to destroy it so that way darkness can kind of rule over and take over all um i played a short little indie game uh, called Haunted Halloween '86, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a quirky little old school like eight bit uh, throwback game. It's kind of a, a side scrolling uh, beat 'em up. It's kind of almost like River City Ransom meets Castlevania mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and you play as you can do multiplayer if you want to. I think it's up to two players. Um, you can do uh, play as the boy character or the girl character. I forget their names off the top of my head. And they each have kind of a unique little ability that's a little different. Um, and you're going through uh, like these haunted houses and different things to try and stop different uh, zombies and Dracula and all these different creatures and stuff like that. And it's very, like I said, very... Uh, 80s throwback-esque yeah. in that sense. It's almost like playing an old NES game in that sense, but it, it was a really cool, quirky little game. I, I recommend it. Um, it was... I got it on sale on Xbox like a, two weeks ago, and it was only like two bucks. I think it's like $10 normally, and I picked it up on a sale. So if you guys see it on a sale, it's it's, it's a fun little time, and it's also super easy to get uh, achievements and end game or score trophies or whatever on too. I think it's on everything. Um, Minecraft dungeons came out. Um, it is, uh, free on game pass. And this is basically taking the, the Minecraft world and the monsters and creatures within and kind of making it a Diablo playing like, like a roguelike type of game. Um, so it's kind of from that top down perspective mm-hmm. of like a, like what a Diablo would be like. And it, still, it's, uh, is it Steve? Uh, you can, I think they have a skin that looks like Steve, but you can make your character look more like a, like a knight or whatever, but it looks like I those see. characters. It's I the see. same, same texture same property. Same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. But basically, um, it has a full-on story. The the illagers or the villagers of uh, of the lands. Wait, they're called illagers. Mm-hmm. The illagers the, the are Ill? the illagers. They yeah. are. Uh, there's one that was kind of cast out. He was kind of like not a lot of people liked him because he was also kind of like a like a jerky kind of guy. But he, all he ever really wanted was to be loved. But it's kind of also relate. his fault. 
Um, so they cast him out. He goes to uh, to this mountain and finds this artifact that gives him power, and he takes over the world and takes over the Illagers and rises, uh, you know, zombies and monsters to kind of help aid him. Yeah. And your character, and you can do up to four-player co-op, um, are, are kind of going through this world level at a time kind of a thing, uh, picking up new gear. So it's very, like I said, since it's a dungeon crawler, you're picking up uh, new swords, axes, weapons, and stuff, and you're finding out, oh, this axe is a stronger attack power, or this axe is actually like a legendary axe. It's a, the legendary axe of blah, 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 and it gives you like a fire sword attack kind of a thing. Gotcha. Um, armor, all kinds of different perks and different things that you can do to make your character better. So it, it is a full-on like dungeon crawler. You can even replay um, older levels that you've already played through, and there's still new things to find oh, every nice. time. So it's, it's kind of got that random roll feature, so you can always find new gear no matter what. Um, but there's no like building aspect or anything like that to it in the Minecraft vein. Hmm. It is literally just a dungeon crawler, and it's really it's really charming. I, I think it's a really uh, well made one. It's it's a it's a Diablo light. Like this is a good way for if kids like want to get into Diablo or something like that. This is or anybody for that Mac. This is a really good stepping stone because it's so easy to kind of get into, mm-hmm. and uh, the way you upgrade your weapons and stuff like that's so easy to kind of pick up. So it's not as intense as like a Diablo is, where you have like literally every single piece of gear and you're you're kind of micromanaging like your percentage of critical hits and shit like that, like you would almost like on a D and D esque yeah. type of a thing. This is kind of like that, but for kids. Ah. Nice. It's very very cool, um, and the last thing that I was going to talk about, I played uh, I played the first hour of uh, of a new game that came out to Xbox, but it's been out on Switch for a little bit. Um, it's called Bug Fables: The Everlasting uh, The Everlasting Sapling, um, and this is straight up basically just a bug version of Paper Mario, like <laughs> almost to a T. It's got the the quirky writing. It's it's uh it's really well done. It's got the timed hits. Mm-hmm. It's got the same like attack everything. Like it's all oh, wow. it's just like it's two a T paper Mario, but with these bug creatures and it's cool because they give them like their own unique, like little abilities and stuff too. So they're just like a, an ant creature or a, a, a bee creature that you play as I think his name is V or Vu or something like that. Um, and he has a boomerang that he uses to throw and you can grab items from far away. Kind of like coops does yeah. on there with a shell. Um, the, uh, there's a, like a horned beetle character who can cut down, uh, Cut down, cut down uh, bushes and trees and stuff like that with his with his horn and stuff by slashing and um, but it, it's really really a cool experience if you don't have a switch uh, and and or if you even if you have a switch and you can't wait for uh, Origami King to come out in July and you want something to kind of tide you over this is literally just like classic Paper Mario that you would expect from the 64 GameCube um, great turn based combat and uh, it's a really cool quirky story so far I'm excited to get into it again but nice. what have you been playing? Very cool. Um, I've been playing uh, the Pokemon Shield uh, as I previously stated I've been working on training through that um, got a new badge recently I'm still probably I wouldn't even say halfway through the game uh, but I'm, I'm going to keep trucking away I'm, I'm really enjoying it um, and trying to make some time for it, I'm not. Uh, I'm falling back into like the. I'm not anti-video game, but I'm definitely not living in the game video game <laughs> world uh, that that much. Um, but I'm trying to do the switch thing here and there because I yeah. can do other things while I'm doing that. So it's like, oh, I can catch up on this TV show while I'm playing this game. So that handheld thing helps. Uh, and then I also played some Death Stranding. Yeah. Uh, per our our last conversation, we were talking about video games. And um, I, 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 you were right. There's a lot of walking, and mm-hmm. uh, 
it's it takes a little bit of the the uh, the left and right the like balancing the, yeah the yeah. the balancing or whatever it is that that takes a little bit of getting used to you um, find yourself as long as you're on a relatively steady piece of ground you're holding your triggers both down at the same time yeah. so he's grabbing on to both sides of the pack so you can walk straight for the most part yeah but if that's the thing like if it's uneven ground you really do have to balance yeah because if you're just holding straight he's going to fall over you know because you you're needing to kind of yeah. adjust for the terrain that you're on but it's difficult to kind of learn but once you get it down eventually it gets better i think if i if i had more time to de- to just devote to video games I probably would like that yeah. game. Um, I enjoyed like I the think collecting that, aspect of like after going you get to like chapter, I think it's three uh-huh. in that game and beyond. You start getting different attachments and different things that make that game's like quality of life a lot easier and stuff. Like you'll get, um, they have almost like a little levitating hoverboard type thing that kind of hangs out behind you, mm-hmm. um, and then you can, can carry like uh, carry other cases on and yeah, shit like, like that too. So you don't, every yeah, time. you don't have to do that, and it makes it easier because you're not carrying as much of a load. Your so balance. it makes your balance a lot easier that to do. Sense. So having that makes it uh, a little easier same thing with like navigating you'll be able to open up and actually make roads oh, um you'll get like grappling hooks and stuff like that too you they actually you can make like a use a hook system like you'll hook from like one mountain to the next to the next and you can just like ride it like to oh, get wow. places in a shorter distance of time without riding a vehicle or driving it so you can just or motorcycle or whatever and you can just like literally just zip line back from like back and forth to a place to a city so i take the la- i take it the landscape opens up quite a bit from yeah. that very beginning like you really you literally kind of it, it's open. a it's a condensed version of the united states map oh, and I you see. will traverse across it that's like the whole point is you trying to cross to get to um I guess what's basically your sister or mom, mm. quote unquote, is the younger lady, but it's like your, she's like the younger version of your mom, but <laughs> she's uh, she's like a clone or something. I see. I don't remember all the ins and outs. I gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, um, but given that I do, I, I uh, what's the word? I, uh, you don't really have enough time to kind of prioritize to that. myself enough yeah. time, like uh, of the time of things, I don't, I don't give myself that much time to play so i won't pick that back up but if you have time for games i, I it's a pretty cool game I, yeah i thought the graphics were pretty good it wasn't nearly as in-depth as i thought it was going to be like i i i thought it was you know i always when things get talked up as far as quality goes my brain goes to like oh it's going to be like hyper realistic like mm-hmm. it's going to be so it was a little bit more pared down from that but i did think it was still good looking and i yeah. thought it was a neat concept you use the same engine as uh horizon they do yeah really it's the same engine I felt like Horizon looked better. I don't know. It might have just been a way that that that, that gorilla developed and polished their cool. stuff up or whatever. Absolutely. It's yeah. the, it's the same uh, the same engine though. It's yeah. been a couple months since I picked up Horizon again, so maybe I've forgotten what it looks like. But in my head, Horizon's like the yeah. One, if one if of you have the time to games. dedicate it to it, I, I still say and stand by that the story of the game is really interesting. The soundtrack is yeah. good. The gameplay itself is very. To me, still even lackluster. Once you get so far into it, it's good, but it's still it's not what people imagine it to be. Yeah. I think people were expecting this to literally be like the next Metal Gear, and it's not Metal Gear at all. No. Metal Gear Metal Gear is not this. Metal Gear is like stealth, tactical action. You're actually like engaging in enemies and trying yeah. to be quiet about it and shit. 
and, and it's, it's more you know, like you know it's tactical espionage versus this is like making deliveries yeah you're a, that's all you're there a is collector. to it you're like, yeah. you go find stuff and you bring it and, and you're like one of make a, a very small handful of characters that do this for the world so mm-hmm. everybody knows your character and you're very well praised because nobody wants to go out because yeah. the BTs are everywhere yeah and nobody, everybody's scared that they're going to get killed yeah I uh, so yeah I, I, I dig what about uh, the movies and the TV? Uh, movies and TV, really, the only thing I can say that's that's new is uh, we've pushed forward on Gotham a little bit more. I think cool. we're about ready to start season four now. Um, and then uh, more of the, of the fuck that's delicious. The season's uh, still continuing. I think there are 10 or 12 episode seasons. Um, and it's still been very good. I feel like, honestly, like, shooting wise like cinematography wise mm-hmm. it's a very well the best shot season but budget wise they didn't have enough money to go uh, anywhere else because they didn't vice didn't want to give bronson yeah, and the rest of them yeah so that. The, i yeah. think most of it's like everything's been centered in new york because mm-hmm. that's where they're from anyways so we had an episode that was like uh was in brooklyn we had an episode that was the last episode that i watched was a. Uh, the third or fourth one and it was in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just kind of visiting all the boroughs and, and unique foods and meeting up with his friends and, and people that he knows that are in the restaurant industry. And awesome. it's really cool and really interesting. Cool. Uh, we got HBO max came out. Yeah. Um, in the midst of, of, of time that we've between episodes and I've watched a few things, watched a few of the originals, uh, on there, I watched the first episode of Doctor Who. I have never ventured oh, yeah. into the Doctor. This Who. This will be season ten of Doctor Who, I believe. The which one? The first episode that you watched. That's the first episode of the new. Yeah. Doctor Who's, which is season ten. Well, they don't. They they call them ones though, because it's like a re. It's like it's like calling the the new MacGyver the the following episode off the. But he's one, the right? tenth Doctor. Oh, okay, tenth Doctor. He's the but tenth Doctor. Season one. Season one of, I guess, yeah, technically, oh, a, what uh, would be a new franchise. Yeah. It's not a reboot, though. They don't call it a reboot? Either, not at all. Like they, no, because they still acknowledge that this Doctor has been nine other iterations uh, before. Oh, I see. Okay. That's where I hadn't gotten to that part yet, because yeah. to me it looks like... Yeah, Tith, Tenth Doctor is... Uh, what's his name? Treating it like it's a Christopher... I can't think of it. I think Christopher Eccleston? Something like that? That sounds right. I, I don't think like it's him. Him. Chris Freckleson, and then you go to, uh, you go to David Tennant. I mean, David Tennant is yeah. eleven, and that's because yeah, because he only lasts uh, one season. The yeah, Chris Freckleson or whatever his name is only lasts the one season. Yeah, and then you go to David Tennant, who lasts I think three. three. They're all three after that. Yeah, Matt. Uh, what's Matt the, Smith is Matt next. Smith, and he's three. He's three, but the next Old guy, uh, is Peter, three. is not three. Mm-hmm. He's only one, I think. No, he's got three. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. And then the because the lady doctor. I don't know her name. Sorry, everybody. I don't either. Uh, I've not watched any of that. Is twelve or uh, is eleven? She what's kicks that guy's off name? Peter Peter Capaldi. That's yeah, his name. Peter Capaldi. Because uh, she she kicks off episode or season eleven is her first up season. So it's one three 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 and then eleven is her first. I only watched like a few episodes of the Peter Capaldi one and then I kind of tapered off. I didn't Did watch you? any more from that point on. Um, only, it's not that I don't don't didn't like it, but yeah. I just uh, I just kind of fell out of it. So he's the twelfth Doctor. Yes, gotcha. And then, yeah. So, so, so what would be season eleven and twelve or whatever? I think we're on twelve now. Yeah, twelve is, is now. the thirteenth Doctor, and that yeah. would be her. And she's she's in her second season of yeah. of existence as far as this goes. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm learning a little bit as I go. Yeah, I Time Lords. I didn't realize that uh that it that they did continue like. 
So it all exists essentially. Mm-hmm. They pick up. They start renumbering yeah. the seasons. The thing, this they, is this is the this the, is the twelfth or this will be the thirteenth time that he's regenerated. But the character gotcha. as Doctor Who of the Time Lords is over nine hundred years old. I, gotcha. I think as a as a as a being because they're it, supposed to be eternal. That's the whole reason why they regenerate and change. And it just so happens that the only time they regenerate and change is when there's a TV show going on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they were like. 550 years of it being the one doctor mm. and then all of a sudden the TV show happened and then it changed. No, I'm sure we've like had other regenerations <laughs> or whatever it was supposed to happen before, but we've only met like we've only met 1 through 13. That it only it only happens when a TV show is going on. So it was that same doctor until yeah. during that gap of time mm-hmm. and then when And then we hit the 70s yes. and then then he's just like, "Oh, time to change. <laughs> time to die." Times they are changing. Uh, I've only watched the first episode of it. Uh, I immediately understood that I did not like this guy, but knew that I needed to chew through this season in order to get to David Tennant, which is where I really wanted to be anyways in the first place. Yeah, David Tennant's my favorite still. So that's where I got to go. Um, I watched the first episode of the Looney Tune cartoon, the original, new yeah. original. Um, I like it. I, I think that they did a really good job of capturing the original Looney Tunes as best as they could. Obviously, it's a lot more sharp. It's a lot cleaner. It's a lot more bright colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the voice cast, I think, is really good. The writing uh, is uh, pretty spot on. While they've got a really rough task um, in Looney Tunes of trying to be relevant to uh, today's audience while also trying to be uh, in the same vein as the classic Looney Tunes. But I think they do a really good job, at least in the one episode I've seen, of balancing those two. Um, and then I watched the first episode of Legendary, which is the ballroom dancing uh, uh, show. That one's uh, interesting. I, I, I like the concept of it. The judges are probably the thing that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. There's one judge, I don't remember his name, uh, that really, uh, I think is he's probably the Simon Cowell, I guess, of it all, but seems like he knows exactly, or they, I'm not sure how they how they identify uh, but uh, I'm not sure how they uh, how they really relate to it all. But when they're speaking, that's the the voice I'm listening to. It's like I don't care about what uh, the what's that guy name? says. Megan the Stallion is one. Oh of the, yeah, Megan the Stallion. I don't know. I, she does her her uh, her opinions are kind of off. Um, and the other two judges, I I don't really relate to, but. The the one main judge, the one that, if you're watching it, on the far left, um, <laughs> is the one that I, I really uh, think their opinion is really good on that. Uh, so, check out Legendary. I'm going to keep watching that. But then I got into some movies. Now, let me tell you about movies. Ooh. Um, you remember a little flick called Jojo Rabbit? Yes. Uh, I watched it. You like it? I really liked it. It was really good. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, it was well-deserving of the rewards awards that it, that it received how was um, Takai as uh, as hitler uh, taika was taika uh awesome i thought that the uh the humor element that he brought to uh hitler was uh mm-hmm. was very good um to see him kind of because his his hitler his imaginary friend hitler is kind of stuck in the um like not really growing up as the kids growing up so it's kind mm-hmm. of been interesting the kid is learning and kind of seeing uh, how things go um, and kind of understanding that the world isn't as black and white or as two-dimensional as uh, the Nazi uh, 
at training is giving him. Um, and but Hitler's kind of staying the same, or the imaginary Hitler played by Taika is um, my favorite standout uh, character in it. Though is uh, Sam, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his last name? I don't know. The uh, Worthington. Uh, is it Worthington? I don't know. Sam with I feel like it's a W. What more? What more? Sam. I'm getting there. Sam. Sam, Sam Hill. Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Uh, is the, for me, I, I don't, I forget how much of a Sam Rockwell fan I am mm-hmm. until I see him in a movie and then he just like kind of like steals the show for me. I'm just, all of a sudden I'm just like paying attention to this guy who is like a, he's a Nazi general that uh, gets like taken out, like he's not, he's, uh, does something wrong. And gets put in charge of the the kids and like the training of the Nazi mm-hmm. kids, the little the little mini Nazis. Um, and so I think he hurts his leg or something. Um, but he has a a, a lover, a, a male lover, and through it that like they don't really specifically say until the end. Uh, but um, he at the very end he's has like these drawings of him being like a general with like these plu- this plumage. He's like very colorful things, and so at the very end, like he comes out and he's like in this very like kind of little flamboyant um, mm-hmm. general garb. And uh, as the I think the Russians are attacking Germany and attacking the village that they're in and everything, it's pretty good. Uh, there's a a little kid that's uh, JoJo's friend, a little little chubby boy, um, and he is the uh, your uh, typical. Um, humor your uh, kind of your chunky boyfriend uh humor guy in there and he is uh, Yorkie. yeah Yorkie. that's his name uh Yorkie is your comic relief but also hitler is your comic relief yes uh but also sam rockwell's character is your comic relief so you mm-hmm. got like you could say it's comic relief comic yeah, relief, lots of like stuff bouncing yeah. off um yeah that's rebel awesome. wilson's kind of comic relief but not like as front and center um, Froline Fromm. Yes, she's like Turn the up. she's uh, kind of the head like lady of the of the, the kids in the camp. Yeah, that's cool. Exactly. Uh, I recommend it highly, highly recommend it. it good. It's five pieces of media. It's well done. I guess is what that means. I've heard really good things about it from a lot of people. Um, so I'm I'm excited to watch it for sure. And that's what I got for movies. Jojo Rabbit. Uh, what do you got for uh, for music? Music, I've got a couple of things that uh, I wanted to bring to the Dodd today. Um, I've talked about it quite a bit. Um, Joywave, I started really kind of getting into them and listening to several of their their uh, their tracks. Um, tracks. Their music tracks. They have albums that they just got singles kind of thing, or they? No, they've had albums oh, okay. out for a while. I um, I, they 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 they've released like three singles off the latest album. Uh, the album came out back in March, but I'd never got around to listening to it but okay. i listened to the whole thing multiple times now um the album's called possession um very very good um just your standard typical indie rock but there's something about it that i don't know why it just really really resonates with me mm-hmm. um the videos are either really serious because i went and watched some music videos too or really goofy so it's like either really serious and kind of slightly dark or really goofy like Foo Fighters old videos okay, kind of yeah, goofy yeah. and uh, it's just a fun time it's a really really solid album I can't recommend them enough I heard Joy Wave the first time back whenever I was listening to uh, 
this guy who's a DJ, his name's Big Data, mm-hmm. and he wrote uh, he wrote an album, I think maybe five years ago or so now, um, called 2.0. It was his second album. Go, go figure. Yeah, who knew? Um, and it had, basically, he wrote all of the music, all the beats, and everything else, and he had either guest vocalists or guest bands come in and help him finish songs. Mm-hmm. And there's all, and he usually does backing vocals for most of the tracks as well, because he see. wrote the lyrics too. Um, but the first thing I heard was the biggest song that was on that album was one called Dangerous that was a single, um, and it featured Joy Wave backing him, and it was the lead singer from Joy Wave okay. singing and stuff too. So that was the first time I ever really heard them, but I didn't really give them too much of a listen until probably within the last year or so um and then over the past several months they've been releasing single after single because this new album coming out and this album is great front to back cool um and the other thing is uh anchor and braille um has a new album out called uh tension and anchor and braille for you i don't know if you know who they are or not mm-hmm. um you know the band amberlin they used to be like a Christian rock band, more of. They've a, got a album with a cover of like a like a Greek god bust, like mm-hmm. with a head kind of missing. Yeah, I liked that album. Yeah. Cities, I think, is that one. Okay. Um, but uh, the the lead singer from Amberlin, uh, Stephen Christensen, is his name. He went on to form a band with uh, just a two piece with this other guy, mm-hmm. and they made Anchor and Braille. That started off back in I think maybe two thousand nine or two thousand ten, and this is their third album, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this one it started off very like very pretty, very orchestrated music, um, and, and and just kind of a soft rock. Mm-hmm. Um, with the first album and then leading into this one, it's kind of picking up a little bit more pace to it. It sounds like a very, they're kind of following suit with that kind of semi eighties tone to a lot of their stuff, but it's still kind of a more of a soft type of a mm-hmm. uh, rock to it, but um, very good. Very awesome. Front to back. Can't re- recommend it enough. What about, what about you music cool. wise? Um, I have been uh, as, as you may or may not know, I've uh, been watching a lot of Schitt's Creek, and mm-hmm. the one of the main characters, Noah Reed, uh, the actor, uh, ha- released his new album named Gemini. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Noah Reed does a lot of like very piano-driven music, kind of like folksy singer-songwritery, but on a on a piano uh, kind of situation. And uh, it's a really solid album. I, I like it. the the first half of it. I like more than the back half of it. Uh, but I would highly recommend it. If anybody likes the uh, the rendition of uh, oh gosh I can't remember the name of the song that he did on their the live uh, the open mic night uh, episode of Shit's Creek uh, it's kind of uh, it's a really good song uh, and if you if you dig you would def- definitely dig the album Gemini so that's what I got for the music nice um, as far as comics are concerned uh, I, I've told you about it a little bit but I've now read through. Uh, all three volumes in the entire series at this point or saga, whatever you want to call it of Coda. Um, they, it was, I started reading it around Memorial day. Um, the first trade was on comiXology unlimited. Um, so after reading it and really enjoying it, um, they had a Memorial day sale. So I picked up the other two trades. They were only like five bucks a pop. Nice. So, um, it was a, a no brainer to go ahead and pick them both up. But, um, it's a really, really awesome, cool story. It's basically set in a semi medieval time kind of has like some futuristic tones to it too because mm-hmm. like some of the creatures and the monsters that you see have like almost somewhat like mechanical parts that's kind of mixed with them okay um 
there's this huge event that happens and it's very much like a, like a medieval sent like time at that point in time. Um, and there's this like collapse that happens where like all of humanity and all of these creatures, these fanciful creatures all kind of like died off for the most part, like a big chunk of the mm-hmm. world is gone and we've kind of advanced into where now we have these like mutated creatures. Magic is a real thing that comes in like a green liquid form that you can like in inject yourself with or drink um so drugs get started just mm-hmm. and it's a it's a they forget what they call it, it, it they like they, they have like little icker vial like type things that they carry it around in or syringes and stuff like that too um but your main character his name is hum um and it, you don't know if that really is his real name or not um hmm. because they he does that all the time in oh. the comic he goes he goes hmm you know and people just have kind of taken it to calling him hum because of that specifically oh, um but uh it follows around hum and the whole story kind of starts off with him looking for his long lost love he's a bard um just traveling trying to he doesn't really have a quest he doesn't have anything he's trying to find his his uh wife basically um and he does so by kind of seedily sneaking and cheating out different people. And he writes all of these different things down uh, to himself and basically into letters that he would eventually give to his wife because he's a bard. So that's kind of what bards do. They write sing song kind of a thing. Um, So, He's writing uh, these letters and kind of all of your internal monologue, like a la Batman, whenever he's talking to himself yeah. about the situation, it's him writing in this journal uh, to himself about situation, about what's going on, his inner monologues and whatnot. And you're all getting that from his perspective of him being a bard um, and him kind of saying, you know, like, I know you wouldn't do the things that I'm trying to do to get to you because you're too good of a person. Ah, I see. Um, but I'm, I want, I hope that you understand because I, I want to be with you and I need to see you again. Kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Um, turns out that his wife is actually like this weird, almost ogre slash humanoid type creature um, that he is in love with. That is like this huge, great warrior. And he's just this skinny little bard guy. That's cool. Um, and uh, the whole story is awesome. I don't want to give away too much, but it, it's such an amazing, like, high fantasy mixed with, like, some weird sci-fi story. And the whole story is just awesome. It takes, like, a couple of cool turns that, like, in that second issue, you find out, like, who the big villain is. And it's, like, kind of somebody you really don't expect at all. And then it just kind of takes a sharp turn from there of, like, what this actual story is leading toward. Um, it, the artwork is amazing. I love the character design of Home and everything, too. How he's just some, this, like, skinny little twig kind of character. And he's got, like, half a shaved head. He almost looks kind of, like, hipstery with, like, the long hair on this side to have oh, a shaved okay. head on this side and like stubble that he can't ever like really take care of himself because he's nonstop trying to find his wife. Um, it's, it's such a good story. I, I told you, but like the, the mutant wise and mutant side of things is um, he has a unicorn that he gets, but the mutant, uh, the mutations that happen because of this and because you can give them also magic, um, the more magic you give other creatures, the more mutations they kind of undergo. And because he's utilized this magic ability for this unicorn so many times, it grows different horns and it gets bigger and a little bit more grotesque. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has five horns whenever you first meet it. And it's a pentacorn. Um, but it's like this huge beast. And it 
talks shit um, in in a different language, basically about everybody else because it only likes Hum, mm-hmm. and uh, you find out Hum is such good friends with it because he knows like magic words to say to it. Eventually, you find out what those magic words are, <laughs> and it's basically because he tells the horse that he's a pretty boy, <laughs> and that's all it is to it. Like he just whispers it every single time, but you don't find out until like the end of the second book that he's just saying, "You're such a pretty little boy," <laughs> and that's all he says to make him like him. <laughs> Um, but it's really cool because like you'll see him like inject the the magic in the green magic into him and it turns into like this green flame all around it and it like starts mutating and it's just going as fast as a fucking car is Hmm. and it's just like flying all around this like field and this battlefield and it's really a cool story nice very nice what about you um i've been kind of trying to catch up on my uh sandman universe side of things um, I, I dove into um, the the four books that were going on when the Sandman universe first launched, which would be the Dreaming, uh, Book of Whispers, uh, yeah, Lucifer, and uh, the uh, Book of uh, Mormon. What is it? Book of Magic, Books of Magic, House of Whispers, Books of Magic. I get these mixed up. Um, What's the one with the puppet on it? The puppet. Isn't that serious? Isn't there one that has like a puppet on the front of it? Like, the, like, like the issue puppet. one of it, or just maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell to me, um, but I might be. I might be missing something. Um, so the dreaming, uh, it kind of picks up with uh, the characters of the dreaming, which is the uh, Lord uh, Daniel at this point, because uh, Daniel is the Sandman, uh, not Morpheus, uh, during this time, and uh, he has since left the dreaming again. And when you, the creator of the dreaming, when the, the Lord of the dreaming, uh, goes away, the dreaming starts to fall to shit a bit. Uh, that just tends to happen when your leader isn't there, then, you know, things happen. Uh, so the dreaming kind of follows, uh, Lucian, the, the librarian and the rest of the characters in the dreaming, uh, as the dreaming starts to fall apart once Lord Daniel has left, uh, and then book or the house of whispers is about uh this goddess who uh is worshipped and followed uh takes place primarily in new orleans um and there's there's a lot of like kind of old gods ish that mm-hmm. that live within that realm because they're still worshipped by like in practicing voodoo and, and different things like that uh, is what i would imagine um and the our main character the main goddess uh, her uh, kind of realm is crashes into the dreaming, and so there's this like big boat in the swamp that gets pushed into the dreaming, and that becomes her house of whispers. Um, and if you're familiar with the Sandman and the dreaming, you know that there's the house of secrets and the house of uh, what is the house of secrets and the house of I don't know. Ah, shit. Cain and Abel run those two houses, and then they're all they're they're based on old books, old comic books that were from like the the sixties and seventies. Um, I'm gonna feel so dumb, uh, but the uh, the House of Whispers becomes the place where where she glass. No, it's definitely not the House of Glass. Um, but they um, those two books interweave with each other. So the, the, the Dreaming and the House of Whispers kind of overlap. They do a really Mystery? good job of being mysteries. Yes, thank you. House of Mysteries and the House of uh, Secrets. And 
so this becomes kind of a third house within the dreaming and uh, so those two books do a really good job of interacting with each other and also being standalone books I've been reading them as in the, as if they interact with each other I've been reading them on release date so like if one uh, the dreaming one comes out then uh, House of Whispers comes out then dreaming two House of Whispers two and then it's actually Lucifer. Like you're like literally letting them talk to one another, like yeah. how the story was meant to be unfolded, exactly. kind of. And then uh, Lucifer and Books of Magic don't overlap with those yet. I'm about done with the first trade of all four of them, um, how I'm reading them. Books of Magic is a really good read. Um, Books of Magic is, so far, is just another story of uh, Tim, I think, is our main character, the kid that kind of is Harry Potter-esque look. Mm-hmm. Um, who existed before Harry Potter. Um, but uh, it kind of follows his next adventure, uh, which seems to be shaping up to be kind of kooky and crazy and obviously uh, is involving magic. But it seems like I haven't read the previous Books of Magic iterations. This is, I think, essentially the third volume or the third version for the third series of mm-hmm. Books of Magic. Um, but it appears as though... Tim had been offered to be this magical wizard or he could go back to not knowing anything and he chose to go back to not knowing anything or it got chosen for him and so this is him kind of realizing his powers again and that it's a really good book it's a quick read like it's it's got a really fast paced written it reminds me a little bit of how like um Gerard Way writes like yeah. where you don't even realize you've chewed through an entire yeah. issue of Umbrella Academy and then Lucifer is probably the the most uh, misaligned. Like I'm, I'm really continuously confused at what's going on with the storyline. Seems a little all over the place so far. Um, it's my least favorite of them all, but we'll see. It's actually being canceled, unfortunately. Now I I, I know that it's got an ending, a definite ending. Um, that DC has pulled the plug on it, and the last like four issues will be released in a trade. I think it'll end on like issue twenty-four, technically. Cool, is what it'll be. But um, I'm going to continue to chewing through those, but haven't got through as much of it as I'd hoped quite yet. But we'll keep we'll keep rocking it. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Is that all your books? That's all I got for you. Well, you know what I got for you. Tell me. I've been in.
This has been an IFNZ production.